My name's Angelo and welcome to We Want Picks. Jacob and I are gonna break down the entire UFC 278 fight card. We're gonna give you our picks, our predictions, our bets, and our fantasy plays. And if you want some favorable lines, early bets, and even fantasy tools, make sure you become a premium member at wewantpicks.com. We're posting bets days, weeks, sometimes months, in advance and there's already just in the last week some legitimate line movement on a lot of the bets that we already have up there for premium members get ahead of the lines it is only ten dollars a month we want picks.com at the top click become a member and guess what the f we just added an optimizer there is now a DraftKings optimizer actually it'll be available tomorrow which is wednesday stop clapping on Wednesday, there will be a DraftKings Optimizer. This allows you to create 150 lineups, controlling your exposure, dictating who you want in your lineup, who you don't want in your lineup. And, and one of the most unbelievably valuable tools for anybody that does daily fantasy with DraftKings, and it is included in the $10 price. We are not raising the price. We are determined to deliver the best $10 product in the history of sports betting and the fantasy world. Everybody else charges $10 just for the ownership projections. Another $10 for an optimizer. Another $20 for bets. We're giving you all of that for $10. All you need and to I'll do is I'll be honest. Go. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. My, I, I'm going to have to drop the price of my OnlyFans because that's better value than my, my OnlyFans is fantastic. $15 a month. This is better value than my OnlyFans. 100%. Which is saying you a lot. I mean, this is saying way a lot. Way more. Way just thicker, longer, better. WeWantPicks.com at the top. Click become a member. This is the best value in MMA. It's only $2.50 a week. Don't be a cheap bastard. And speaking of cheap bastards, I will give you 50 bucks. All you need to do is go to WeWantPicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners, and I will send you $50 as a thank you. WeWantPicks.com slash bets. Sign up. Make a deposit. 50 bucks. Cash app, PayPal, Venmo. However you want it. Jakey boy, last week was a little interesting. We actually hit some bets. We missed we missed the we missed the obvious ones, and that's what's annoying. Meaning well, we missed Bruno Silva didn't do what he was supposed one. to do. We hit the obvious one, which was the lock of the week. Fantastic. Nate seven the train. Seven no, it's not seven in a row. It's seven in a fucking row. Angelo, and we're doing fantastic. Nate the train came through big, and I got something really special. USC two I mean, this is tippy top of the top. We're going up to the top, and we're up at the top already. But we're we're still going up to the top, and we're almost at the top. Well, uh, most people put their tails between their legs last week and cowered in shame, tweeting apologies. Not us. You had seven locks in a row. I was positive with picks, not upside down. Things went well, not as well as they should have or could have because freaking Loopy and Bruno Silva blew a bunch of crap. But we're jumping right in to UFC 278. We're going to break it down. We have a bunch of bets for you. And opening up the UFC 278 fight card, we have Victor Altamarino taking on Daniel Da Silva. Daniel Da Silva is 11-3 overall, 3-2 in his last five, looking for his first UFC win. Victor Altamarino is 10-2 overall, 4-1 in his last five, coming off a split decision loss five months ago and Victor Altamirano is more of a traditional martial artist but he has a solid MMA game he's fast and powerful on his feet 
but he's also patient and calculated. His takedown defense is not great, but he does sweep well from bottom, and he has a good enough get-up game that he's not just going to be held down for 15 minutes. He's coming off a loss to Carlos Hernandez, where he showcased his toughness and striking, but he ultimately did give up some takedowns and lost that decision. Daniel De Silva, or if you are doing your own research, you may have to look for Daniel Lacerda. I literally, if somebody in the comments section wants to let us know what's up with that name change, that'd be helpful. But uh, that is the same person. And he's a solid striker. He's got really good kicks, solid forward pressure. If it gets to the ground, he has really good control and pressure from top. But his takedowns are not great, so it's not really a guarantee that he'll get it there. All 11 wins and three losses are by stoppage. So he's very dangerous, but he is willing to put himself in harm's way to chase his stoppage. He's a legit threat, both standing and on the ground. This is an interesting betting line here because Alta Moreno is a two-to-one favorite. It tightened up a little bit. This was actually worse, but it's still tightened up. I actually think this fight should be a pick -em. I think this should be much closer to a, a razor-thin pick -em fight. Both guys are solid striking. Both just have okay wrestling and solid BJJ. I think De Silva is the better striker. He's obviously the more dangerous fighter overall. I wish he had better wrestling so he could force it to the ground, but I still think Daniel De Silva gets this done. And yeah, I mean, uh, coming off a card with a whole bunch of underdogs, I'm going to open up this one picking an underdog. Even in De Silva's loss to Figueredo, he, he was the one who got the takedown. So he had a little bit of success there before he ended up getting caught. Obviously, it didn't end, end well for him, but Victor is not Figueredo on the ground or off his back. So I'm going underdog here. Uh, I don't love that pick. It is a close pick, but I'm liking Daniel Da Silva. And Jakey Boy, we do have a super chat, and it is from John Doe, the anonymous John Doe, saying, going with Aldo as lock of the week, going to sprinkle some Leon as well. Well, listen, John, we appreciate the super chat, but lock of the week is trademarked. Only Jacob can say it and use it, uh, like Bruce Buffer with Let's Get Ready to Rumble. So, well, it, it costs it costs four ninety nine to say it, so he he paid his dues, okay. He paid, paid the right. four ninety nine, so he can use the lock of the week. Uh, it's only it only lasts a week though, so uh, you know next week got to come back with the four ninety nine <laughs> to use it again, unfortunately. But well, uh, we yeah. appreciate little, you. Yeah, and a little uh, little foreshadowing there. I know a lot of people this week for lock of the week are saying it's got to be Aldo, it's got to be Aldo, it's got to be Aldo. We'll Let's see. talk about this fight. How about we talk about we'll this see. fight, Jacob? That'd be helpful. Absolutely, 100%. I was actually surprised that you went with the underdog here in Daniel Da Silva. Um, and Victor is still, he's, I'm looking at it right now, live odds is minus 193. The bet I placed on this for premium members, and you know it's a little bit too late for you now. That's why you got to sign up, become a premium member to get those early odds that we placed Sunday and Monday before the Tuesday live stream was under two and a half rounds. I think these boys really go after it. I like the Daniel Da Silva play in this, and he is definitely the finisher of the two. And if he wins, it probably will be by finish and i got the under two and a half at minus 110 it is now at minus 180 for Holy under two and a half crap. rounds so it is moving you got to become a premium member um and get those early odds when we post them because we know what the fuck is going on but yeah and when you watch victor tell me tell me maybe you, you maybe you didn't see it but if you're gonna watch the fight and you watch victor he reminds me a lot the way he moves the way he strikes of tony ferguson the first thing that i thought of when i watched him strike was tony ferguson he's not super fast he's not super powerful but he's just a tough dude that will just keep throwing volume and he relies a lot on head movement it's a lot of it's a lot of big head movement almost like the dominant cruz type head movement where he's just dipping and ducking and i think that's going to be some big issues with daniel siva cuz that dude not only is he good in grappling but when he throws strikes that dude doesn't give a fuck man he he throws big big kicks and really really powerful precise kicks leg kicks 
head kicks, and he has no respect for his opponents as a good thing. A lot of people don't have respect when they get caught. He has no respect for his opponents. When he walks in there, he knows he's going to win every single fight. Obviously, he hasn't won every single fight, but that's the kind of confidence that he brings into the octagon. And against a guy like Victor, who isn't super, super dangerous, I think this matchup plays out perfectly for Da Silva because he's able to move forward without having to worry about the big striking of Victor or the or the flashy you know takedowns and being controlled on the ground. I think it's a perfect match for Da Silva to do his thing, show off what he is able to do. I think it's a little bit of short notice for him, and he has gassed in the past, so that's a little bit worrisome, but I'm honestly De Silva all the way in this matchup. I don't know if he's going to be my lock of the week yet. I, I tend to shy away from more of the grapplers, even though I think he's the better striker as well in this matchup, but I, I love this uh, matchup for De Silva. It should be a really fun fight, and not to continue to push premium membership, but that is a perfect example. In just a few short days, that those Literally odds like doubled. Hours. Yeah, they got, they doubled. Yeah. yeah, they doubled. So we... Update the bets for premium members as we place them. So I've had bets up there for about two weeks for this card. When we add them as we go, we see something. They drop props on different oh, you days, right? Slides on me. Why wow, look at that? Oh, I meant to go backwards. We, um, okay. yeah, you know, it was the first day of kindergarten, and uh, uh, my kids got me all twisted up. Anyway, odds change. Come premium member, get ahead of those odds. Seventy six hundred dollars to eighty six hundred dollars in DraftKings fantasy. Ah. Uh, you know, you, you got to pick an underdog, right? You can't just have all favorites in your lineup. Daniel De Silva at $7,600, it's a feast or famine. You're going to get your money's worth, or he's going to put up three points. <laughs> so I, I, I honestly think in, in a card like this where you see a ton of big favorites, minus 500, yeah. minus 400, minus 300, you got to really focus on those live, live underdogs. And there's a lot of underdogs that are probably going to get mauled in the matchups. De Silva's not going to get mauled in this matchup. Victor's not oh, a super I mean, dangerous he's guy. Every sing, he's never been to a decision. If he loses, he's getting stopped. Yeah, but again, man, look at Victor, the way he wins. I mean, he's not hes not yeah. a finisher himself. That's why I say I think it's a perfect matchup. And I think that $77, he is, he's definitely going to be in my lineup. Yeah, I do think as far as underdogs are concerned, he's one of the better, more live, more valuable ones. 48 strikes to 86 strikes for Monkey Knife Fight. If you don't know what Monkey Knife Fight is, it's daily fantasy. All you need to do is say more or less in the strike line, and you could triple your money. And this is total strikes, not significant strikes, which is an important differentiator here. These are two little guys. They're both busy. Daniel getting stopped and stopping worries me about that 86, but I think Daniel gets past the 48. What do you think? I think this is kind of choose your side. If you think Victor's going to win, I think it's a more and more. If you think Daniel's going to win, I think it's probably a less, less. Um, so it's kind of pick your side. So I think Daniel's going to win. I think it's a less, less situation. Yeah, I, uh, you're probably right. I don't like when they're this far apart. You know what I mean? I like when they're a little closer. It's a little more obvious how the fights can go. This is pretty far apart. I'll probably leave this around, but if you guys know what you want to do with this line, go to weonpicks.com slash MKF. They will instantly match your deposit. Take the free money. Play some of these lines. And my contacts are dry. Next up. Next up. At UFC 278, we have a Corey Lang taking on Jay Perrina. Corey Lang's 24 and 11 overall. He's only 3 and 2 in his last five, and he is coming off his first UFC win. Jay Perrin is 3 and 2 in his last five as well, looking for his first UFC win. Corey Lang is a well rounded guy with incredible pressure and pace. He can fight a technical fight or brawl to the bell. He uses his striking to set up takedowns. And we have seen him do a little bit of everything. He was able to get out 
And, you know, he was able to outgrapple Jeff Molina. He got three takedowns in that fight. And that was a fight of the night. It was a loss. But then we saw him outstrike Cody Durden. That was also a loss, but he was taken down five times in that fight. And the point being is we've seen him outstrike people. We've seen him outgrapple people. He is coming off his first UFC window with a KO over Cameron Elsay in the first round where he had a takedown and he landed five times the amount of strikes. He's got solid footwork, solid movement, and a very sturdy chin. Jay Prin is coming off a loss to Mario Batista, where he stepped up on short notice to make his UFC debut. And stepping up on short notice and making your UFC debut is something that I do factor in when I, you know, when I watch the tape, I look back. You can't just go by tapology and say, oh, he lost to this guy. You gotta factor those things in. Short notice is already some tricky for some guys, and then UFC debut is tricky. You put those together, that definitely needs to be considered. Stylistically, he's a well-rounded guy who's primarily looking to wrestle. He comes forward with strikes, and then he shoots. He almost never gets his first shot, so he ends up spending a lot of time against the cage and working from there. When he gets you to the ground, he's looking for ground and pound, and he isn't necessarily chasing submissions for the most part. And it's an interesting matchup because Keelang is definitely the more powerful fighter, definitely the better striker, and it's not like Jay Perrin is a stud wrestler, but Jay Perrin can literally hold people against the cage for 25 minutes and win boring decisions. I do think Keelang works off the cage and lets his hands go for his second UFC win. Right now, he's at minus 170. You know, when I did this on uh, Quick Picks video, he was minus, minus 195. So it's already, so minus 170, I updated these at noon today. So minus he went from, right now. Yep. he went from minus 190 on Sunday to minus 155. So that's tightening. And frankly, if it tightens even more, I may throw a couple bucks on him because I, I like Elaine to win this fight. Um, I think he should be a decent favorite. I think he's, I mean, I think he's a solid guy and I think he's the better fighter here. What do you think? Jakey boy. Yeah, I think he's a completely different fighter now that he's at 135. I think that was the biggest difference to the way he fought because he was at 125 and obviously he dropped a couple fights. But even at 125, he was more of a decision fighter. And when you watch that last fight that he fought, it's like, how the hell does this dude have so many decisions the way that he throws strikes? Because he's a big, powerful dude at 135. I don't even know how he made 125. That, that makes all the difference in the world. When I watch this matchup... Um, I think it's gonna be the I think it's gonna be the difference of pressure. Is that, whoever is able to dictate the pressure of this fight is gonna win. Because you saw Jay in his last fight. I know it was short notice against Batista, but when he was able to pressure Batista, he had some real success. But when Batista was able to flip that script and pressure him, he really didn't have an answer for that. So if the Mongolian murderer is able to pressure and put Jay on his back foot, it could be more of the same. But I think I actually like the underdog here. Two fights in a row. Jay Perrin coming off. If you listen to the way that he trains and the people that he trains with, I think he's at Sanford MMA. Um, he trains with the best of the best there. He's going to be ready for this fight. I understand the, the the power and the danger that the Mongolian the Mongolian murderer brings to this fight. But Jay Perrin, with his wrestling, you saw uh, the murderer have issues with Cody Durden. Right, and that was at 125. That was a 125 that was able to control him on the ground. I think that's the path to victory for Jay, and I think that it's it's it's. I don't want to say it's a, such an easy path to victory, but it's such an obvious path to victory. It's hard for me to ignore that in a fight like this. I think Jay comes in, shows you know that with a full camp he can be much more ready 
And if this fight comes down to pressure, pace, and toughness, I'm going to choose Jay. Because um, even in that fight against Bautista, when he was getting ragged out a little bit, he was still reversing positions. He was still fighting pack, He was still fighting back short notice. And he showed some real toughness in that fight. And if this comes push to shove and comes down to toughness, you go, you know how I love my tough dudes. Nate the train, you show it. I mean, we showed how tough that dude is with the lock of the week. I think this could be the same thing with Jay, uh, Jay Perrin, where he's getting beat up a little bit early, kind of flips the script on uh, the murderer. And is able to take the second and third rounds of this fight. So I'm like, I'm gonna go back to back dogs here, and uh, I'm gonna choose Jay Perrin. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I, uh, I agree with you with the toughness piece, and um, you know, he's he's not necessarily just uh, gonna roll over, but I think Corey Lang's just had some tough matchups. I think he's the overall better fighter. I think he hits harder. I think he's the more technical striker. I think he's the overall better fighter, and all he has to do is not get taken down. Right, I think you agree. All he has to do is uh, not yeah, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's the more powerful guy. Yeah, everything you said was exactly right. Yeah, and I broke down Jay Perrin. So I used to manage professional fighters, as some of you know. Isn't it Perry? And uh, I don't know. And uh, he fought uh, a, a you've guy. Just that I, given up. You've just completely given up on the enunciations. <laughs> I um, I, I used to, I, I managed a guy, Regivaldo Carvalho, who fought Jay Perrin. Wait, say that him, him again. Hold on. Wait, what was that? Oh, they call him Hedgy. Hedgy. I know, but say that again. That was the most... Regivaldo most... Carvalho. He's... Um, anyway, he fought Jay Perrin a while ago. A while ago. So I did uh, did all my research years ago. Watched that fight live and all of that. So I'm just comfortable with the fact that I don't think Jay Perrin's going to get a Corey Lang down. Therefore, I think Corey Lang wins. Better striker. More powerful striker. I think he gets it done. The hell was that? I, I dropped something. I don't know why. Oh, my uh, contact solution to fix my dry ass eyes. Uh, $8,500 to $7,700. You know, I do think $8,500, if you are on my side and you agree that Corey Lang's the better fighter overall, $8,500 is not a bad price point. It's not a bad price point. It's right there, middle of the road for the most part. But if you're with Jacob, you think the underdog's live here or he can just wrestle and hold Lang against... The cage I wouldn't. And, I, 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 I picked Jay Perrin. I, I, I still don't like that $7,700. I mean, the, the murderer is a little bit too dangerous, and he really he really kind of really needs to get those takedowns. And even if it's takedowns, I think it's a, it's it's more controlled than anything. I don't love that. If it was like $7,400, I think I'd like it a little bit better, but I don't, yeah. I don't like the $7,700. No, I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, I, I personally like Corey Lang at this price point, but uh, I'm not sure if he'll be in my lineup just yet. Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line, 75 to 48. I think it probably is a more and more situation because keep in mind, it's every single strike. So if Jay is trying to hold him against the cage, trying to get those takedowns, a little pitter-patter against the cage all count. Every little tiny strike counts. What do you think of that Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line since you're ignoring me and doing the group chat? I know. Somebody said, "What's <laughs> Angelo, who is the best fighter most known that you manage? So I Mitchell. just simply said, Angelo managed himself when he fought under the name Butterbean. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Nick Newell. Done. End of question. Uh, what, um, monkey knife fight? Is that what you said? Yeah, I said more and more because more more. it's yeah, every yeah, tiny yeah. little strike and Jay holding him against the cage is going to get pitter-pattered. You want to take your stab at that? Go to weonpicks.com slash MKF. And if you want to become a premium member, weonpicks.com. Click become a member at the top. We now have a DraftKings optimizer. You can build up to 150 lineups and do all the things that an optimizer does for the same great price as $10. We're just going to keep adding features 
and never raise that price. We on picks.com. Click become a member at the top. Next up at UFC 278, we have Amir Albazi taking on Francisco Figueredo. Amir Albazi is 14 and 1 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five, riding a three fight win streak and making his return to the cage after 18 months away. Francisco Figueredo is 13 and 4 overall, 3 1 and 1 in his last five, coming off the submission win over Daniel De Silva. Amir Abazi is coming back after that year and a half away, and I honestly am excited for his return. I think he's a legit prospect. He's got solid grappling, solid striking, and a high pace. He has a very comfortable striking style where he is light on his toes and bounces in and out with a long jab. The fact that he is light on his toes allows him to very quickly lower his level and then just snatch up a leg for the takedown. Once he hits the ground, he's a very slick grappler, and he's not just a wrestler looking for control. He will take risks, roll for positions, and snatch things up in scrambles. Amir is very good, but long layoffs always concern me. Francisco Figueredo is the champion's younger brother, and I've mentioned this a million times over, but I think they have a very similar fighting style, but Francisco's doing it at like the 75%, right? If his brother's 100, Francisco's doing it at 75. You think it's less than that? Uh, I think it might be. I think it might be like six less than that. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, he's an aggressive striker with pressure and power who is slick on the ground. I will say the one thing that he does do better than his brother, though, is he'll stick to a grappling game plan. He'll wrestle hard. He'll grapple hard. And he'll do that first where his brother's sort of fallen in love with the striking and has a ton of success there. He's more willing to push that wrestling pace. And it shows in his stats. He averages three takedowns per fight with a 75% accuracy and a 92% takedown defense. And last time I broke down Francisco Figueredo, I mentioned that people spend too much time focusing on the fact that he isn't as good as his brother. Instead of focusing on how good he actually is, I picked him to beat De Silva. He was the underdog. He beat De Silva. And while that's still a true statement, right, that people still continue to focus on that he's not his brother, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be good enough here. (laughs) I think Amir is going to have the better striking, better wrestling, probably the better raw grappling as well. I like Amir to win a pretty one-sided fight. The only thing that prevented me from making Amir a parlay piece is that layoff. The layoff, I, I just, I can't lay that kind of money on somebody that just hasn't fought in that long, but... I think Amir absolutely gets this done. I'm very confident in him. I'm not very worried. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, the only thing that has me kind of concerned about laying money on Amir, and I actually, uh, you know, premium members, I did place a bet on Amir. I'm not going to spoil it here, but um, <laughs> it's, the, it's the O'Day fight, man. I literally, the, I started getting shakes Rewatching uh, the Ode fight, then look at the Amir fight, and I know they're not like super similar. Ode is more of the more of the striker of the two, and Amir definitely is more of the, the wrestler of the two. But I, I went in that Ode matchup thinking there's no, I mean, aside aside from the big knockout power which we saw, um, I, I didn't think Ode was going to lose that fight at all. Now I'm going into this again thinking like, oh, there's I mean, I, there's nowhere that Figgy <laughs> is better than Amir in this matchup. And then I started watching film on Amir, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy does get hit. This guy does get hit. It's not. It's it's not a huge issue at 125. But we just saw Ode just get absolutely flatlined at 125 from a big puncher. And and Figgy's not like a huge big puncher, but the right shot at the right time. And I told you guys last week, Ode does get hit. Amir does get hit, but he rolls with shots a little bit better. Um, oh my God, we just got the 1999. Um, he does roll with shots a little bit better. And at 125, it shouldn't be a huge issue, but. 
you know, I, I, I would hope that he, <laughs> this is almost like the, um, and there's another uh, fight like this coming up too, the Mar- Miranda Maverick fight, but this is almost like, just please, Loopy, please just wrestle. Amir, just please just wrestle. I don't want I don't want you messing around. The long layoff, you might not have your timing. Anything can happen with the one punch. Just wrestle, get him to the ground, do what you do. And uh, the thing that might worry me a little bit is Amir doesn't really force his wrestling. He he's very comfortable with his hands, with his striking. Um, but with that said, I get flashbacks from O'Day, but <laughs> Amir should have all the tools. He should dominate this matchup. He should be better everywhere than Figgy. But I'll be honest, I, I, I that O'Day thing got me shook. Straight shook, but Amir's yeah, that's that's bound to happen. What goes up must come down. We do have a 1999 super chat, and it is from Kiko Isaac Livingstone. It says, "Angelo's being real nice today. I see you, Angelo. Still Team Jacob, though. Lock of the week. Let's go eight in a row. Uh, thank you. First of all, thank that's you very, very much. Similar. We we thank know you. our picture similar this week, so there wasn't so we're going not into last week. There was a, there was a lot of animosity before we started recording. You guys don't know what happens during text and phone calls. There's like there was a lot of animosity leading up to last week, so we are already hot and heavy ready this to go at happens. it when the podcast started. Here's so. a peek behind the curtain. I do the quick picks video. I am prepared a full week ahead of time. Everybody's like, "Oh, you do your video so fast. It's so fast." I'm prepared a week ahead of time. I do the graphics a week ahead of time. I do my notes a week ahead of time. I watch the fights on Saturday nights, and then the next morning on Sunday mornings, I officially record, but I've got everything, my picks, everything outlined. Sometimes I'll make small adjustments based on what I saw the night before, right? Then I record quick picks. I upload quick picks. Jacob doesn't watch it, and then Jacob starts doing his Sunday night bullshit, and I just start getting texts. We both hate so-and-so, right? This person loses, I'm trying to engage. Right? I'm literally just trying to engage And then I just, and I just get, get so annoyed. I get yeah, so you just, annoyed. You get very combative very, very quickly. I, immediately. And then I hang on and then to I that. And I love that because I love pissing <laughs> yeah. people off. So I just keep going and keep I hang going. On to that I was that kid in school. I, I never got one detention in school, but I'm that kid that just pushed it right to that point every single time. <laughs> and then you back off. And then you keep pushing and then you back off. Well, so that's why there's no animosity this week because we do agree on a good amount of these picks. And uh, I'm a little too tired to be annoyed, honestly. Being annoyed takes a lot of energy out of you. Um, 90, thank you very much for the super chat. $9,200 to $7,000. Eh, not spending $9,200. There's a lot of massive favorites on this card. A bunch of them I believe in. I think Amir wins. I think he's better pretty much everywhere. A year and a half into a layoff. Figgy's not a bum. Like he's, I, I, I literally mentioned people spend so much time thinking like, yo, he's not his brother. If his brother didn't exist and you could just only break down Francisco as his own person, you'd be like, he's a pretty good fighter. Like, you know what I mean? He's not trash. People just assume he's trash because his brother's so freaking good. Like, no, this isn't it, a Herbert notes Burns, wrote, Gilbert yeah. Burns situation. Yeah, in my notes, I literally wrote, Figgy won't be a walk in the park for Amir. And after this weekend, I'm scared to death to say he is a lock. But I don't see anywhere that Figgy is better than Amir. So I agree. I don't think he's going to be a walk in the park, but he's still my DraftKings. Being you're, gonna spend the, you're gonna spend the ninety two hundred. Uh yeah, I just said that, asshole. Just want to make sure you knew the price because that's yeah, a ridiculous stupid statement. Idiot. Hey, you're a stupid idiot. Okay. Anyway, uh, Monkey Knife by Shark Line eighty four to fifty. Yeah, I don't know what to do with that line. As much as I want to tell you to do the line and go to the We Won't Bin sign up, and do build, lines. I don't know what to do with that Monkey Knife fight strike line. What do you think, Jacob? <laughs> 
I think it's a more and more. I don't think Figgy's a walk in the park. I think there's a little bit more striking than people would expect. And I, I, I see this as a three-round decision. I think it's a dominant three-round decision, but I think it's a more and more probably. I think it's a decision as well, but 84 is a good amount. And uh, if there's a bunch of grappling in there, I don't see him getting to it because they're both good grapplers, so they can end up actually grappling, right? Not striking, like rolling around, working for positions and falling into that rhythm. Guys, if you want 50 bucks, five zero dollars for free, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets, sign up, make a deposit. I'll send you 50 bucks. Cash app, PayPal, Venmo, however you want it. And if you want to become a premium member, you get access to early bets, early fantasy lines. Like DraftKings, the lines stay the same throughout the week, but not prize picks. Those lines move, not monkey knife fight. These lines move. Sign up at weonpicks.com. Click become a member. It's $10 a month. That's only $2.50 a week. And we just added a DraftKings optimizer. You're not going to get this value anywhere on planet Earth. Not for 10 bucks. What about Uranus? That's not Earth, you fucking idiot. Next up, at UFC 278, we have the man, AJ Fletcher. Taking on Ange Lusa. AJ Fletcher, nine <laughs> you know, and one. Sorry, you know what I just remembered? I'm pretty sure. I was trying to remember today. I was like, I'm like, and now that I see that picture, I'm like, he's the dude where I said that dude looks like he just gets punched in the face. That's got a, AJ Fletcher's got a real punch. I don't think face. that was he, AJ that you said. You don't that think about. it was AJ? I thought it was the second I saw it pop up. I'm like, I think that was the dude. <laughs> I don't think it was him. Uh, anyway, we have AJ Fletcher taking on Ange like Lusa. AJ Fletcher, nine and one overall, four and one in his last five, coming off the first loss of his career. Ange Lusa is eight and three overall, two and three in his last five, and he is alternating wins and losses. AJ Fletcher is short, jacked, and intense. He's coming off that very close lot to Matt Semmelsberger, where he landed more strikes, had more takedowns, more reversals, more control time, and scored more points in DraftKings as a loser than Matt did at the winner. Very embarrassing, bad decision in my opinion. And breaking down his film, you'll see that he's got a lot of knockouts, a lot of knockdowns, everything from head kicks to overhand rights, but he isn't a striker. He's actually a fantastic wrestler and grappler. He does an amazing job with his takedowns where he'll attack on his feet, and as soon as you start to counter, he will just drop and shoot with power and speed. I always like to compare him to Sean Shirk, anybody who's been watching MMA Oh, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Most of you were COVID. Big Sean. Pre-COVID, Sean Shirk, little. Sean. I had his jersey. Oh, did you? Uh, once he hits the ground, though, he pounds away. He's so fast that any movement from his opponents ends up being an opening for him to improve positions. Ange Lusa had a failed contender series bid last year, but he bounced back on the regional scene with a win over former UFC fighter John Doomday Howard. Literally... A week after that doomsday win, he stepped up and fought Munir Lazez, and he lost that fight, but honestly, it looked like if Ange had a full camp, that he would have won that fight. Like He looked like he just was right there, and the issue was he fought a week before. So that was actually impressive in a loss. Style-wise, he's a durable striker. He's got decent volume, solid power, and an incredible chin. He punts that jab out like crazy. And he throws nice low kicks to manage range and keep his opponents backing up. But if he does have trouble when you come at him and pressure forward. So he doesn't deal with pressure well. It's very similar to David Onama from last week. 
Anschlusa is listed at having a 100% takedown defense, which is a true statement. But if you go back and watch that Jack Maddalena fight, he started strong, but he did lose a couple of those grappling exchanges, and he slowed down big time. And I see that here as well. I think AJ coming forward, blast double leg takedowns. I think he's going to get it done. Ange is very dangerous on his feet, but I think AJ has proven. Why'd you laugh? <laughs> the people in the comments are so funny, oh. man. Knocks out um, Miss Tr- Mrs. Trunchbull's son. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Anj, uh he's very dangerous on his feet, but pressure can be a problem for him, and I see AJ getting it done. AJ lost to Semmelsberger because he made a couple of dopey decisions, right? Didn't do what he was supposed to do a few times. It was his UFC debut. I believe it was short notice. I just don't see any of that happening here. He got that loss out of the way, showed how competitive he is, shook those off. I think he comes out here. I put up a one-unit money line bet on A.J. Fletcher at minus 150. I put that up for um, premium members. It is now moved to minus 165. It was continuing to move. And Chris Riley, so this was not available a few hours ago. This must have just dropped... Anybody watching, uh, Bet Online added a new prop bet called Most Takedowns. And in a fight, whoever gets more takedowns wins that bet. If you get one, the other person gets zero, you win the bet, even if that guy loses the fight. And if there's no takedowns or you tie, it's a draw. You get your money back, it's a push. So Chris Riley says the AJ Fletcher takedown prop bet at bet online is only minus 260 literally as you're talking i'm going to go ahead and place that bet if you go to weonpicks.com slash bets we have a bunch of betting partners bet online is the only one that offers this it's basically guaranteed money just like jason witt i bet on jason witt dude got flatlined but hey that takedown bet cashed and that's all i really cared about same exact situation here and I had it on AJ uh, Zalal plus money and nearly hit that, but I got my money back. So that that was another situation where I, I got my money back even though it was plus money. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the more I listen to Angelo, the more I realize if I held him down and rubbed my balls on his face, there's really nothing he would do. Um, yeah, I, I'm on the AJ Fletcher side. <laughs> Did you even hear what I said? I see the comment, and I heard what you okay. said. Okay. All right. Yeah, see, there's nothing. Don't you're right, Didi. There's, yeah, there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing he would do. Uh, <laughs> <I think that's laughs> you're exactly right. I'm going AJ Fletcher in this matchup, but I don't exactly love it. This was one of the ones. My last pick. I, I picked all my fights. I even sent it to you, and I was like, "How do you feel about this fight?" I actually reached out to you, uh, which is not something I typically enjoy doing or like doing. But I, I got your <laughs> feedback on it, and I and I ended up going with AJ Fletcher. But you meant, you mentioned that Matt Semmelsberger fight. I didn't love that fight uh, for A.J. Fletcher. Obviously, he looked great first round. Those blast doubles were very powerful. He was shooting those. He got him in the second, I think even the third round as well. But in the second round, he lost position, ended up on his back with like two minutes left in the round. And the sense of urgency, there was zero sense of urgency to get back to his feet in that round. And he lost the round because of it. The exact same thing happened in the third round. He was able to get a takedown. Semmelsberger reversed the position. And he just stayed on his back. And maybe that was a short notice. Maybe that was a gas tank issue. I hope that he's fixed those issues because he is going to be my pick in this matchup. But if he can't get the takedowns in this matchup and his cardio starts failing him, uh, you know, Lusa looks like a, a, a pretty good underdog. Because if you watch that matchup versus Lazez, again, like as you mentioned, a we have a week notice fight. He came back, fought a week later. Lazez was trying to shoot those same type of blast doubles that, a, that AJ shoots. The exact same thing. We're just 
boom, just, and it's not cutting the corner. AJ doesn't do the, Dominic Cruz talks about all the time, you got to cut the corner, you got to cut the angle. AJ just tries to run through you, slam you against the cage, and then take you down. Lazenz was trying to do the exact same thing to Lusa, and Lusa had no issues defending it. He was able to get his hips under against the cage and defend those takedowns, and if he is able to do that early on in this fight, and AJ's gas tank starts failing him the way it was seemed like it was failing him against Semmelsberger, Lusa could have some good success on the feet in the second and the third rounds as matchup. So, you know, I'm I'm on the AJ Fletcher side. He is going to be my pick. My hope is that he comes in and has a little, maybe paces himself a little bit better, shows a little bit more gas tank, um, and is able to get those takedowns. But if he's shooting these blast doubles and, and not being able to get them early, this might be a live bet situation because, you know, I've seen him, uh, I don't want to say he didn't quit against Semmelsberger, but to be on your back in a fight that you were winning and lose because of that, that's a red flag to me. Yeah, I certainly, uh, you know, I mentioned he made a couple of bonehead decisions later in that fight. I do think he shook it off, right? UFC debut, a lot goes into that. Undefeated, I think literally getting the loss out of the way, getting the UFC fight out of the way. It's a it's a striker versus grappler matchup here. And I think, uh, you know, AJ's got those, they're lightning fast and he'll just keep coming with them. So I like him to get it done. I do think he gets it done. Um, frankly, uh, I probably would have not done the money line bet and just put a little bit more on the takedown bet, but that wasn't available when I did my money line, and now the money line has moved in my direction. So I'm good with it, and I've officially placed that bet. AJ Fletcher, most takedowns with Bet Online. Again, go to weonpicks.com. If you use our link and you sign up with Bet Online and you hammer those uh, takedown lines, I'll send you 50 bucks as a thank you for supporting us. And our partner, I put two units on that at the uh, minus 260. What do you think of DraftKings? I like A.J. Fletcher at 8,400 because I think he will get the takedowns. I think he will get the control time. And I think that's going to score well. Yeah, he's he's probably my least confident favorite that I picked. Does that make sense? Of, of fighters that are favorites, he's he's definitely my least confident. I, I picked all my fights and I was like... Almost a coin toss for this one. So I picked A.J., but I'm not going to put him in my lineup for 8,400 bucks. But I understand yeah. why you would. I, yeah, I was going to say, I like him at the 8,400. Uh, we got the Monkey Night Fight Strike Line 67 to 50. I think it's a more and more. I think they go at it. I think, uh, I don't necessarily think it's a, a short fight. I think it's the over on rounds, and these guys are just going to go. I think it's. I think this is going to look like the Matt Semmelsberger fight, honestly. Lots could of takedowns, aggressive, sloppy. It looks just copy, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah except AJ more. will be a little tighter. So they'll blow past this strike line. I'm very confident in that. Go to weonpits.com slash M. KF, it is daily fantasy. All you need to do is say more or less than the strike line in yellow you see on the screen. And if you're right, you can triple your money. We on picks.com slash MKF. They will instantly match your deposit. Take the deposit match and play some of these lines. It's so funny seeing all the thank yous for Lock of the Week, which, by the way, everyone, you're welcome. Seven in a row. You're very welcome. Become a member. Become a premium member. That's become all we ask. Member. Be- become a premium member. That is all we ask. Member. That is all that we is, ask. That is all we ask. Um, but we remember. I, I don't know if Angela remembers. I remember my four-week skin, what you guys were saying. Fate of the week. Loss of the week. Um, so I appreciate the thank yous. But if, if we go on a, a skid, you know. Please still support me. Ride together, die together. Except not really. They they bail on you real fast. I know they do. It's fine. I get it. <laughs> but I will say, I mean, thanks. Oh, how many comments? I made $20,000. Oh, I made a million bucks. Oh, five, 8,000, whatever the fuck. Thank you so much. I'm rich now. All right. 
are you even a premium member? Like, that's just 10 bucks. You could at least do that. Wheelpicks.com, click become a member. Next up at UFC 278, we have Miranda Maverick taking on Shanna Young. Miranda Maverick is 10 and 4 overall, 3 and 2 in her last five, coming off the submission win over Sabina Mazzo. Shanna Young is 8 and 4 overall, 2 and 3 in her last five, coming off her first. UFC win. Miranda Maverick is a technical striker with solid forward pressure and takedown. She's very strong and she uses her strength well. She averages a little more than two takedowns per fight and is coming off the bounce back win over Sabina Mazza where she had four takedowns, four minutes of control time, and a second round submission. But it wasn't just her striking that looked good in that fight. She had fantastic leg kicks early and she managed that range incredibly well. Shannon Young is a solid boxer who isn't afraid to fight in the pocket and has some decent power. She's very tough and she doesn't stop coming forward. She's a good wrestler in her own right, but she doesn't really have takedowns in the UFC. None, in fact. And she does have some gaps in the BJD, BJJ department, but if you check out some of her regional fights, she's got some solid wrestling there. She is coming off her first UFC win over Gina Mazzani, where even though she was taken down, she was able to work back up and get the eventual KO. And the way that you beat Miranda Maverick, or at least what Aaron Blanchfield, that's how she beat her, is you just pressure her. You bully her because Miranda is such an effective bully that if you turn that and she's stuck backing up instead of pressuring forward, it can give her a little bit of a hard time. She does wear damage, meaning she'll cut, and that could affect some judges, but I just don't even think this fight stays standing long enough for that to matter. I think I think Miranda comes forward, works inside, gets those takedowns. She's the bully. She pressures. And she just works this fight the exact same way that she did Mazzo. But likely, it's even more straightforward because she's not going to have that incredible reach to deal with that she had to with Mazzo. Maverick, I think, can be a parlay piece at least when... You know, she was minus 400 the other day. She's now ballooned up to minus 520. I don't think it's even going to stay. Yeah, exactly. And I did these graphics at noon. So I think this is just going to continue to stretch. And I think the odds are correct. I think Miranda Maverick runs through. If you watch the quick picks video on Sundays, she was a minus 400. And I said she should be in your parlay. So Miranda Maverick, we do have some uh, bets on her. Become a premium member. Could have gotten in on those bets before the lines moved. Weonpicks.com. Click become a member. Have access to all of our bets early, before the lines move, before you're on the wrong side of the curve. Jakey boy, do you agree? Uh, Yeah, I mentioned this Saturday. And it was, you know, it was after the loopy fight. So we were in our feelings a little bit. But I'm telling you right now, and I, I've said it before, but I'm sticking to my guns from now on. And you guys got to make sure I stick to my guns. You have to remember to never, ever, never, ever, ever, never, never, ever, 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 never, never, ever bet on a woman's fight ever again. Never, don't, <laughs> don't ever do it. Heavyweights, don't do it. Don't ever bet on heavyweight fight. Do not ever bet on a women's fight again. Don't, I'm telling you, don't. Do it. And I know Miranda Maverick is should dominate this fight. I agree. She should absolutely dominate this fight. For the love of God, Miranda. For the love of... Take her down. 
Please just take her down. Just take her down. Just please, for the love of God, Miranda, just take her down. You saw what happened last week with Loopy. You don't get the takedowns in women's MMA. Anything can happen. All of a sudden, you get down two rounds, and you're screwed because you're not a finisher. And as Miranda moves up in the rankings with her style, she's not really going to finish a lot of people. It's going to be a lot of just mauling people the way Loopy should have been mauling people. So, Miranda, please... For the love of everyone that's going to put money on you, please, you got to just just take her down. Because because Shannon knows that she's the big underdog. She will take chances in the striking. And if you start striking with this girl, her length could be an issue. You're the much better fighter. You should dominate this matchup. Take her down. Maul her. Get out of there with your win. And let's move on to some better competition. But yeah, this should be a Miranda play all the way. But Jesus Christ. This is like Loopy 2.0. If you do not grapple, you might lose this fight. Just take her down. Just fucking take her down. Please. All right. Well, thanks, coach. Um, we don't have DraftKings pricing for her yet. Um, this fight is, like, newer, but it's not new enough. that we, I'm actually shocked we don't have DraftKings pricing because this fight was – it's been on the books for a little while now. But I imagine she'll be in the 9,000 range. I think she's worth it, honestly. I think you get the takedowns, the control time, and the potential stoppage. So we'll see what her pricing looks like when that drops, but I'm pretty sure I will um, get that done in my DraftKings lineup. She's 9,300. When did they drop it? I don't know. I'm looking at it right now. She's 9,300. Oh, they must have, again, I did this at noon today, so they must have added her. So the, Yeah, so at 9,300, it's basically your Choose Me Tour and Al Bazi. So who who would you rather have, um, Miranda Her. or Albazi? I, I think I want Albazi because Loopy has scarred me for life. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I trust it. I believe in it. I'm here for it. Um, Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line, 76 to 61. What do you think of that? Uh, I think that if it turns into a more and more situation, we could look at this could be a bad situation for Miranda if this turns into a more and more. I, I would hope that it's, if anything, a more or less because she's just completely mauling her. Um, but hopefully a less, less. I think Miranda, if she gets her down early, can maybe find a finish. Um, so I'm hoping it's a less, less. I think it's probably a less, less as well. I do think there's a finish there. I think she, I think it looks like the Sabina Mazzo fight. Gets her down, just either pounds away, submission, works from there. I think, you know, I, I think, um, let's put it this way. Miranda Maverick has two losses in the UFC. One was a genuine loss, right? Aaron Blanchfield, that was a genuine loss. But Aaron Blanchfield is like, we're, we're going to find out how good she really, really is. Well, she didn't look great versus JJ. No, but she got it done. The other loss was to JJ Aldrich, which, or not JJ Aldrich, was to um, Macy Barber, which Macy was bullshit. Macy Barber, and that was bullshit. That was just a bad decision. Shouldn't have lost that. That was nonsense. Number one bullshit. <laughs> so I think. Um, you know, I I, uh, I believe. I believe. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will okay. win. I believe that we will win. Shut up. Become a premium member. Get access to all of our bets early. And now, for the same low price of $10, which we're not going to touch, our premium membership is like the Costco hot dog. It will be $1.50 with a soda forever. Our premium membership is $10, and it will stay that way forever, regardless of what we add to the mix, because we have added It's kind a of a bold DFS, statement, isn't it? It is. We have added a DFS <laughs> optimizer 
We now have a DraftKings optimizer available to our premium members starting Wednesday, but this is Tuesday night, so you'll have it by the time you watch this. It is available to all of our members at the exact same price. You will log in and you will see the different menu with the optimizer, and that is there for you to use at no additional charge. We on picks.com, click become a member at the top and get used to us adding features because that's what we're going to do. Next up at UFC 278, we have Sean Woodson taking on Luis Saldana. Sean Woodson, 9-1. Overall, 4-1 in his last five. Coming off a stoppage win six months ago, Luis Saldana, 16-7 overall. 4-1 in his last five. Coming off a decision win over Bruno Souza. Sean Woodson has great boxing and was a legit boxer before he moved over to MMA. He's very long and he knows how to play that game well. I normally like go on, you know, little mini rants about looking at, I, I've even seen it in the comment section of this live stream. I forget what fight it was. Oh, that five inch reach advantage has me really worried. Listen, 90% of these fighters have no idea how to use the reach to their advantage, right? And the reality is Sean Woodson does. He's got solid reach, and he uses it really well, and that's from that boxing background. Very few fighters can do that, and he can do it, and given how good his hands are, most people are going to try to take him down, but that's not easy. He's got an 81% takedown defense, and historically, the knock on him was that he doesn't really have a ton of power, but he showcased that power in his last fight, and he actually flatlined Colin Anglin. Luis Saldana is a very versatile striker, both offensively and defensively. He likes to fight on the outside and his ability to move out of the way, but still strike is pretty impressive. He's got a solid striking differential of almost five to two, which he keeps with the constant in and out range. He has issues with wrestlers, but he is making adjustments and he has been training with Henry Cejudo, but I don't imagine he will need his defensive wrestling in this fight. And I've I've not been the biggest Sean Woodson fan in the past, but after his last fight, that really opened my eyes to how talented he actually is. Luis Saldana is probably the better overall mixed martial artist, but I don't think his 20% takedown accuracy is going to be enough to get this done, to get it to the ground. I think Woodson, without that threat of takedowns, it's just going to be a kickboxing match. And I think Woodson's obviously the far superior striker. So the pick is definitely Sean Woodson, but Saldana does have a clear, albeit very tough, but he does have a clear path to victory with the grappling. This is honestly kind of similar to, it's going to sound ridiculous, kind of similar to the Sean Strickland, Alex Pajeda, where... Oh, uh, that's ridiculous. Where one fighter was clearly the much better mixed martial artist, but the other fighter was the better striker, and they both liked to strike, and we know how that ended. I think that's what happens here. Luis Saldana's the better MMA fighter, but he's going to strike, and he's going he's gonna to lose to the striker. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Well, I think most of MMA, you always start on your feet, and on the feet, Sean Woodson has a, a severe advantage for Saldana. Yeah, I don't even so think Luis him the better try to wrestle is my point. Yeah, but calling Saldana the better mixed martial artist, I think, is a little bit of a clown show, Angelo, I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, yeah, Luis Saldana, honestly... Former lock of the week, my I'm 20 and 10 lock of the week. He was like last second replacement. I can't remember what fight dropped. And I think that was actually kind of, was that a controversial decision? The Bruno Souza fight? I think it was. I think I got a little bit lucky there, but he was a lock of the week at one point. Um, 
Definitely not going to be the lock of the week in this matchup. I'll tell you that. Sean Woodson is going to be a puzzle at the 145 division. Because as you mentioned, his, his, his boxing, his striking is fantastic. I love that he does a headhunt. A lot of his strikes almost look slow motion because his arms are just so goddamn long. And they don't look as powerful as they are. But you saw that in his last fight versus Colin Engel. You mentioned it. And, and he doesn't headhunt either. He, I mean, he was destroying Colin Engel with body shots. Got him against the cage and just ripping his body. And that was re really, really hurt Colin. But as you mentioned... His takedown defense, I don't think it's, a, I think his takedown defense is, is decent, but he's just so goddamn long at 145 that people just, they try to get on his hips and all of a sudden he just, if he gets one underhook, all of a sudden you're up on his his chest and it's like, now you can't do anything because he's so goddamn tall and he's going to be a real problem for a lot of people that are just trying to think that they can just take him down um, because unless you get really low on his legs and get him off balance, He's a problem, man. And on the feet, you mentioned just volume, 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 just boxing, boxing, boxing. We'll just stay on top of you with the volume. Um, oh, my God. This is fun to watch here. Look my at that. Eyes, my eyes are so dry, dude. Go ahead. You okay, babe? No. Okay. That's okay. We'll get through Continue. this. Continue. All right. Yeah. So, I, I think that Sean Woodson is definitely going to play. If you're Luis Saldana in this matchup, I mean, it's just got to be kicks, right? To, 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 to control a boxer from moving forward. Um, they're usually you know, heavy on that front leg. If you sell Saldana, I, I think you just go all in the, the first two minutes, just boom, just trying to blast that front leg, blast that front leg, blast that front leg, and just pray to God that you just destroy that enough to where he can't move forward anymore, can't put that, that heavy, uh, the heavy power on his front leg with the jab and his long strikes, and just see what happens after that. But yeah, this is probably going to be a striking matchup, and you know, if it comes down to boxing and striking all together, I'll take Sean Woodson versus a lot of featherweights um honestly so I, I like that sean woodson's getting a matchup to kind of show off who he is on a main card pay-per-view uh, not in the main card but on a pay-per-view matchup and um I'm, I'm, I'm a big sean woodson guy man then gets it done well, and he fears no man so that's always good DraftKings, 8800 bucks to 7400 listen i like sean woodson i think he wins this fight he's coming off a beautiful stoppage win we're gonna need a stoppage win for him to be worth the 8800 do you think he gets it? He's not really. I know that he got the stoppage last exactly. fight. When you watch him strike, it's just it's just volume, volume, volume. I mean, he's not going to be in my lap for eighty eight hundred dollars. I think it's pretty dominant performance, and maybe with the strikes, occasionally you will see one of those people that comes in and and, and scores a hundred and some points with just striking. But it's pretty far in between between those strikers, and uh, no, the answer is no. Yeah, I probably won't either. Even though I'm very confident. It, I think he's a much better bet than a DraftKings play, right? I think minus 340 is a pretty good-looking odds for a guy with his striking ability in what will be a striking match. $8,800, I think he wins, but is he going to score enough to take up a slot? So, Especially with a bunch of big favorites. So anyway, I think Sean, Sean Woodson's probably a better bet than he is uh, a fantasy play, but $8,800, it's, it's enough to think about. Uh, Monkey Knife, I strike you know one... No, I was just going to say, because we talked about the most takedowns landed in a lot of fights. They also added most significant strikes, which is a little bit awkward to play sometimes. Uh, but in this matchup, Sean Woodson, he's minus 400 for most significant strikes, but that still feels pretty safe. He's a it does. Lot of volume. Uh, uh, the Dominic Cruz one last week was like the biggest, the, the freest money of all the free money. Right. And that exact reason, that bet cashed, even though Dominic was put out. So uh, those are great prop bets. And if you like those prop bets, again, there's not a line. A fighter doesn't need to get over a certain amount of takedowns. A fighter doesn't need to land over a certain amount of significant strikes, just more than their opponent. So anytime you get a fight like this, where somebody is 
a more high volume striker, the over or you know the picking that fighter in the significant strike prop bet is the way to go. Or just like we talked about earlier with AJ Fletcher, Angelus, AJ Fletcher is gonna get more takedowns whether he wins the fight or not question mark but he's gonna get more takedowns so that's worth the money we on picks.com slash bets we got five partners bet online is the one partner that offers those props they're great props find your spot throw a couple bucks at it i think they max you know they max what your payout can be but throw a couple bucks at it and slow and steady if you're here every week betting money every single week you don't need to be chasing slow and steady some of those minus 400 takedown lines are some of the best money you'll ever spend because you're going to get it back. I would say me and you are kind of similar to the tortoise and the hare. Okay. You're small like a rabbit. Uh, you would be, the, yeah, you would be the tortoise, and I am the, the very majestic, quick, athletic. Lost hare. the race hare. Congratulations. Weonpicks.com slash bets. Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line. What do you think, more or less? More more. Probably. I don't touch men over a hundred. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't like when male fighters have strike lines over one hundred strikes. <laughs> I mean old, old people do creep me out too, I'll tell you. Those wrinkles, man. I can't do it. They smell weird. Oh shit. Next up, at UFC 278, we've got Wu Yanan taking on Lucy Padilova, or Poo Dilova. Yanan Wu is 13-5 and five overall, 1-4 and four in her last five, riding a three-fight skid. Lucy Pudilova is 13-7 and seven overall, 4-1 and one in her last five, and working on her second UFC stint. And if you check out Lucy Padilova on Tapology. You'll see that in her last six fights, she's been in a promotion called Octagon, and she's had some success. But the reality is she is a UFC veteran. She's had seven fights in the UFC, but she was on a four-fight losing streak before being cut in 2020. She's got five wins in her last six fights and is getting a second crack at it. Style-wise, she's a powerful striker who likes to circle while throwing heavy one-twos. She doesn't have the most volume, but she stays busy and she throws with intent. Yanan Wu is a very good Muay Thai striker who has grappling if she needs it. She moves well and has good volume. She doesn't have a ton of power, but she's got the footwork, cardio, and enough technical skills to outstrike and outdecision the unranked women in this division. And I was surprised to see that Wu Yanan wasn't cut after her last loss to Bueno Silva. And I'm surprised to see that they brought back Pudilova. She's got five losses in the UFC already. I don't know why they necessarily brought her back. And right now, Pudilova is the minus 130 favorite. She was the minus 150 favorite over the weekend. So that line is tightening. I think the bookies and the betters just very snap judgment saw, oh, she's won, you know, uh, she's four and one in her last five and Yanan Wu's one and four in her last five and just made a snap decision without actually looking at it. Lucy's had the lower level of competition. You know, I, I just think Wu Yanan has been fighting a higher level of competition and yes, not getting those wins, but she's a busy striker, the better grappler, Betting low-end women's MMA is 
a nightmare for most people, especially after this past weekend. So I'm probably not going to do it. I was actually hoping the line would move because if Wu Yanan worked her way up to like plus 150, I actually might have bet that. But Wu is definitely the pick. I think she gets this done. Um, but unfortunately, the line moved against me, so I'm not going to place a bet there. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Uh, yeah, not to be too disrespectful. <laughs> I don't know why the fuck this fight is on a pay-per-view card. I, I have no idea what this brings to the card, the matchup, the females in this matchup. It, it is going to be a boring, sloppy kickboxing match with not a lot happening. Um, and this is the, I mean, this, I don't know where this is lines up in the card, but this is like the, you know, you need to take a nap, need the dog out, you know, you need to get something to eat. Um, you need to do other things. This would be the fight to do it. I mean, neither one of these girls is fantastic, but he did mention Wu. I mean, Wu actually at least looks the part, right? When she's striking, she has the in and out, the side to side, the movement. She, she definitely looks the part. She struggled, um, against some power, right? Bueno Silva dropped her. Um, I don't, she definitely doesn't have to worry about the power of Lucy in this matchup. I think that's, I think that's why I, I like her. I'm going to take Wu in this matchup. Neither one of these girls is fantastic, but Wu with the side to side in and out movement. I think the judges are just going to like that a little bit more in this matchup. It's probably going to be Lucy just kind of following around, chasing her around Wu in, you know, in and out, hitting some, hitting some strikes, missing some strikes. But if you're a judge looking at the matchup, it's probably going to look like Wu's winning the fight. So I'll take one in this matchup. Don't fucking bet on women's <laughs> MMA. Yeah, I would not bet this one. Uh, if the line if the line flexed up, I might be tempted, but that's not going to happen. I mean, this Seven literally should be like everyone that does picks and makes picks. This shouldn't even count as your record. Like, like for our <laughs> picks for the week. Like, if we get it right, it shouldn't count. If you get it wrong, it shouldn't count. Just watch it. Let's forget that this fight ever happened. That's like the people in the comment section that only pick two fights. And yeah, they pick love, every fight like, in your card. Oh, yeah, no, I'll yeah. Pick a every mere... single one. Or you don't just grab the biggest favorite and then find the one underdog we got wrong. And then I went six and one last count. week. Yeah, thirteen fights, six and one. Congratulations, moron. Anyway, jackass, stupid asshole. Seventy nine hundred dollars. I like her as an underdog. I think she gets the win. Um, you know, seventy nines. What? Okay, no, keep going. What? It sounded like you were going to put it in your lineup at seventy nine. No, seventy nine hundred dollars. You're like seventy nine dollars. You know, I think she gets a win. I was like, whoa. It's it's basically despite the fact that I think she gets the win, I like her as an underdog. Seventy nine hundred dollars is just not worth it. I don't think there's going to be takedowns. I don't think there's going to be control time. I don't think there's going to be a stoppage. So I don't know how she's going to be worth that money. If she was seventy two hundred, well, now we're talking seventy nine. Not worth it. What do you think, Jakey boy? You agree? No, thanks. Monkey knife fight strike line 77 to 87. I think it's more and more. Like you said, I think it's just wild, like like two windmills just swinging and I don't know if either one of these girls can land 75 punches. <laughs> I think they throw, you know, 100 and some punches, but landing them, I don't know. Well, I think it's more and more in monkey knife fight. If you want to test that out, go to weonpicks.com slash MKF. You sign up, they will instantly match your deposit. Take the free money. Play some of these lines, and if you lose, who cares? It was their money. And if you win, even better. You started with house money, and now you have even more house money. We on picks.com slash MKF. 
Next up at UFC 278, we have the featured prelim fight. We have Leonardo Santos taking on Jared Gordon. Leonardo Santos, 18 and 5. Overall, 3 and 2 in his last five, riding a three fight losing streak after an incredible eight year run without a loss. Jared Gordon, 18 and 5 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five, coming off a submission loss just a month ago. Jared Gordon is a good wrestler with solid pressure and striking. He bounces between featherweight and lightweight, and you can see the size difference in some of those matchups. This will be his third fight in a row at 155, and he does seem to have settled in. He's 1-1 one and one at this weight class with a fantastic win over Joe Selecki and then a submission loss to Grant Dawson. He was outgrappled in both of those matchups, but in the Selecki fight, he was able to find success striking and maintain a solid striking differential of 5-3. to three. Leonardo Santos is on the wrong side of 40, and he's coming off back-to-back -back losses after going eight years without one. He's a phenomenal BJJ practitioner, a seven-time world BJJ champion. He's a technical striker, and despite looking a little bit soft, he has deceiving power in his hands, and he showcased that in his one-punch knockout over Stevie Ray a few years ago. But cardio can be an issue for him, especially at this age, so in summary, Leonardo Santos is pretty good everywhere, but he's really just starting to slow down. And it's a tricky fight because Leonardo Santos is incredibly dangerous on the ground and on his feet. Jared Gordon was taken down seven times by Grant Dawson and four times by Joe Selecki. And if Santos can get him down, I imagine it's pretty close to game over and he wins that fight. But his takedown accuracy is only 29%. And with his cardio issues, and now this card will be at elevation, He's really going to need to get that done early, and that's not easy to do. So while Santos is probably the more dangerous fighter, and he does have a very clear path to victory, I'm going Gordon here. I think he'll stay tough, keep the pressure, and grind out Santos. And this line has moved in Jordan's favor over the last few days. What do you think, Jackie boy? This is, yeah, this is another weird matchup, and I think this is actually the featured prelim, which is like, it holy is. shit, what are, we what, what are we doing here with this matchup? I don't understand why you you match up Flash Gordon against, uh, you know, Grandpa Santos, honestly, 40 I think they old. want him to get a knockout and be done with it. Like that, that's I why. know, but as you mentioned, Santos is, you know, a somewhat dangerous Good, yeah. dude. So <laughs> if, if Santos wins this in the first round, it's like now now you ruined a decent prospect and Jared Gordon, like what the fuck are you gonna do with Santos? You're gonna have him fight Charles Oliveira you know next spring for the fucking title or something? It's like I just don't understand the matchup. But it is the matchup, so we gotta break it down. And I think it quite simply comes down to Leonardo Santos in the first round, right? I mean, you, you mentioned it. The cardio, I don't think, is there anymore. You you can't really put a lot of onus on that cardio situation because he was just trying to put Clay Guida out, and he kept looking at the ref like, hey, are you going to stop this fight? Because it was just yeah, yeah. nonstop. I mean, it was like three and a half straight <laughs> minutes of just punching Clay Guida in the head, um, and anyone is going to get I mean, not me. I mean, I'm, I'm in fantastic shape, but mm. most people, Angela, you, I mean, you will get tired punching people for three and a half minutes straight. Um, so... You know, he has he's a little bit of a pass in that situation, but he is still 42 years old. You mentioned the high elevation, which I don't think a lot of people are talking about enough for a lot of these matchups and a lot of these fighters. It's going to be an adjustment for people, especially when you're 42 years old. If you're Flash Gordon in this matchup, you got to know he's just dangerous early. So do not let him take you to the ground. If you have to just run around for the first four and a half, five minutes of first <laughs> round, don't let this go to the ground. Avoid the big shots. I assume he's probably going to get tired and then try to take over the fight from there. Flash Gordon was, you know, he was 
against Grant Dawson, that pace and pressure of Grant Dawson, because Grant Dawson is relentless, and the pace yeah. and pressure was able to get to Flash Gordon and break him late with the late submission. I don't see Santos bringing that same pace and no. pressure. I think he just kind of looks for the heavy shot early, and if it finds its way to the ground, he'll take advantage. I, I don't see him like shooting blast doubles and just relentlessly trying to grapple. So I'm Flash Gordon all the way in this matchup. Obviously, if people want to play the Santos stuff early, uh, maybe the inside-the-distance decisional action, but... You know, if his cardio starts going, he's probably going to get finished as well, that being yeah, Santos. So. I, that, I, that, I thought about inside the distance. We haven't done one of those, or at least I haven't done one of those in a while because I've been liking those takedown props instead. But um, I agree. I, I, I think he can get finished. Yeah, if he, if so. he starts going, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen fast. Um, but I'm, I, I'm Flash Gordon in this matchup. It's a weird matchup. It's going to be a weird feature prelim. Hopefully he does, like, Flash Gordon being, you know, just knocks him out early and gets the the crowd hype for the main card. But weird matchup. Hopefully, Flash can uh, avoid the early stuff. Yeah, and uh, listen, seventy three hundred to eighty nine hundred in DraftKings. I think eighty nine hundred might be worth it because I do think the pressure, the pace. I think it's an issue. Leonardo Santos already has some cardio issues. This will be at elevation. He's older and older every fight, obviously. Um, and yes. Leonardo Santos is dangerous on the ground. I'm actually surprised. I was hoping that Jared Gordon would be a little more affordable because he is coming off a submission loss, you know, but they don't give a shit. But he was able to defend a lot of submissions leading up to that point. I mean, Grant Dawson was all over that dude. Um, And Grant Dawson is is a very, very good fighter. So um, maybe that's why. Yeah, you know, 8,900 bucks, I I think I might He's minus 265 now. Oh, jeez. Dude, I are you looking at bet online? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did. Well, I think graphics. the pro, I think the pro, I, I, the prop bets dropped today. I don't know at what point, but I think yeah, when the prop bets probably, drop, I think that's yeah. when a lot of actions come, starts flying in. So. It, it probably is because a lot of these lines have moved significantly since noon, and that is why you should become a premium member. We don't bet on every single fight, and every bet that Jacob and I share are our bets. It's what we've done with our actual money. We don't just list out a bunch of random shit like, oh, these could work. Every bet that we say we placed, we've placed. And for premium members, we put those bets as we place them on the website for you so you can get ahead of some of these lines. And we've already talked about a few fights where the lines have moved way out there. So premium members who saw it and saw it early had access. If you wanted to tail, great. You got ahead of the curve. If not, no big deal. And I still have a few more on this card where the line has moved significantly. Oh, yeah. And it always makes you feel good, Oh, right? yeah. When you're ahead oh, of that line, great. it always makes you feel good. Shut up. Can I be honest with you, Angelo? No, I'd prefer if you weren't. Okay. Perfect. Um, Monkey Knife Ice Strike Line, 68 to 96. I'm not going to touch it. There's too many factors here. The guy's 42 years old. Like, there's too much going on. I am not touching the strike line. You agree? Yeah, this, yeah it's a little bit weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, become a premium member. I did the sales pitch already. You know all the things, except we also added, Jacob, did you know this? We've added a DraftKings Fantasy Optimizer. Well, thanks. Well, you fucking ruined that. So. Same low price of $10 a month. There's an optimizer available to you starting Wednesday. Same low price. Do you think I look like Gary Busey? I saw that message. I just let it go. Well, there was a lot of talk like that on Saturday live stream. There was a lot of Gary Busey talk. 
And I, I honestly, never, I've never been so disrespected. Ever. I was going to say, I, it's never, oh, Jacob kind of looks like Ben Affleck. Oh, oh, Jacob looks like Taron Targaryen or whatever the guy They say Max Crosby, it's, and that's a, he's a good looking dude. It's, it's usually some mongoloid or some ginger is usually what you get. Well, I hear a lot of uh, Goonies Meanwhile, I lost like three and a half pounds. I can't even go to Walmart without women hitting on me. I can't even I go to Walmart, women hit on me. Guys. Okay. Next up at UFC 278, we got Tyson Pedro taking on Harry Hunsucker in what should be the co-main event of the evening. But luckily for us, it is the main card opener. Tyson Pedro is eight and three overall, two and three in his last five, coming off a knockout win after three years away from the cage. Harry Hunsucker, seven and five overall, two and three in his last five, coming off two knockout losses in a row and Tyson Pedro is not really a name you're probably familiar with and that's because he has one single fight since 2018 but he does have seven fights in the UFC with some quality wins over people like Paul Craig Khalil Roundtree and recently Ike Villanueva a few months ago Tyson is a pretty well-rounded guy but he's more of a grappler than anything obviously his last fight he got the knockout but at his core, he is a grappler. He doesn't have the best takedowns, but he has no problem charging forward to get one. If you overcommit your strikes, he'll drop down and he'll double it and work you to the ground. Once he hits the ground, he's looking to strike more than submit. But if you scramble or try to work your way out, he will snatch something up. He's coming off that first round knockout over Ike Villanueva where he showcased his hands. And that was kind of impressive because it was after three full years away. Harry Hunsucker is a big, heavy-handed striker with surprising speed and a march-forward combination style. He will literally just come charging forward and throw flurries of punches. He will mix in the occasional kick, but nothing meaningful. He does have takedowns, but they aren't clean, right? He'll come forward with those flurries, get you against the cage, and then drags and trips. But Harry Hunsucker is a big boy and was a heavyweight for a good portion of his career. The odds on this fight are insane. These are insane odds. This is a low-level light heavyweight fight. And somehow, Tyson Pedro, who has one fight in like five years... What are you making that face for? Because you're sounding stupid. This is not a low-level light heavyweight fight? Uh, one of these guys is. Oh, I forgot. Tyson Pedro's three losses were to world champions. He's Idiot. a different guy. Idiot. What did you just say? Minus 800 is absolutely ridiculous. It's nuts. I get it. Harry's coming off two very quick knockout losses in a row, but they were to Justin Taffa and Tai Tuivasa. Both of those dudes would sleep Pedro just the same. Tyson's coming off a nice KO win, but that was over Ike Villanueva, who's 38 years old and has a 500 record. I honestly, I wanted to go with Harry here. I just, I really wanted to. I just, out of spite. Literally, out of pure spite for these betting odds, I wanted to go here. <laughs> babe, hey, babe, you gotta come in here. Hold on, say that again when she gets in here. Hey, come in here. I, I will literally, second, you gotta hear this. I will literally sit here for no, an stop. hour for Hold you on. to produce a female on that screen. Go come ahead. Here. Hey, babe, babe, babe. That's come what here. I thought. That's what I thought. I will sit here oh, for sorry. one she's full in, hour. Uh, she's, we're I'll almost done. Thousand... So she's already in the lingerie. She's oh, already okay. in the lingerie. It's yeah. okay. It's I'll give you a thousand dollars. You get a female to show up on that screen. Uh, I actually, I might be able to, honestly. Let me make a You're going to Uber eat something and uh, just pray to God you no, get a female well, No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, anyway, the odds are crazy. Jester, I do think... what's your... 
Jester, Jester are you a boy or a girl? <laughs> <laughs> the, the odds are crazy. I think Tyson Pedro is. I do think he wins, but I just think it's. I just think it's so stupid. I, I, these odds are so stupid. I will be rooting for Harry Hunsucker and gladly get this pick wrong. Dude, he was a heavyweight. He's coming down to light heavyweight. Neither one of these guys are very good. Dude still hits hard as shit. Tyson Pedro's got one fight in five years. Like, I'm going. I'm going on Tyson Pedro here, but come on. The odds are nuts, we'll man. The, those are world champion we'll odds. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this is uh, the UFC knows what they're doing in this matchup. This is lead the main card off, the big pay per view, get the crowd excited. This is a lamb to slaughter type situation. Harry Hunsucker coming down to 205. He is going to be very, very surprised at the speed and precision that Tyson Pedro possesses in the striking. And you need to be careful with chasing those KO props. Because as Angel mentioned, he is a submission artist as well. He's a black belt in just about fucking every martial art there is. The guy is the real deal prospect. The UFC knows it. They're trying to build him up. They did it against, they put him against Ike, right? They knew what they were doing in the matchup. They, they knew that he was my poor dude, Ike. I love Ike, but... They knew what they were doing in that situation. They know what they're doing in this situation. He can win this fight anywhere he wants. Uh, I alluded to it. I, was, I, I didn't mention it before, but um, I would be careful chasing KO props because this could be a situation where we saw with um, Mearshart last week to where it was like he, he knocks him, pretty much knocks him out, but then chases a submission. I think Tyson Pedro, if he knocks him down, I think his instincts will be to chase a submission rather than finish him on the ground. So instead of chasing KO props, maybe do like inside the distance type stuff if you're looking for better value on the minus 800. Um, I don't know if I, I – honestly, I wouldn't play the minus 800 as much shit as I was talking. Nobody but, should. Nobody should. Um, he definitely should win this fight, and if he doesn't, I would be extremely, 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 extremely surprised. Dude, so. if I was setting these lines – I would literally have. Do you know what does not go the distances on this? What? Take, take a gander. Take a. I take imagine a, it's yes, a tremendous a minus fifteen hundred. It's minus a thousand. Yeah. If I was doing these odds, I would have Tyson Pedro as like a minus one fifty favorite. I really don't think, dude. Yeah, I, I don't think he's that good. A lot of money. I don't you think would he's that good. your own casino. I don't think he's that good. I really don't. Anyway. So you're gonna Minus spend the ninety five. You're gonna spend Christ. the ninety five hundred dollars in draft. How many games? people? I, I wish we. I wish I could see our subscriber count before and after you make that comment. Okay. Yeah. Before and after your beautiful girlfriend showed up on screen. Do you gonna spend the ninety five hundred dollars in DraftKings? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Well, I think I bet I bet he shows up in your lineup lineup on Saturday. I, bet <laughs> I he guess does. we'll see. It's not I happening. Bet he does. Uh, Monkey Knight by Strike Line. This is an easy more and more. Yeah, you got to do it, dude. Twenty six strikes to fourteen. You got to do it. You got to do it, dude. Twenty six to fourteen is such a low number. Yeah, That's such know. a but low. But but Tyson even against Ike, that dude did not. I don't know how many strike. I don't know what the strike line was, but he was just kind of stalking Ike. He did not throw a lot of strikes. I know that was his first fight back, and Harry will probably yeah. push the pressure because that dude's a wild dude. He's never that dude's never been out of the first round ever. Never. <laughs> I think as an amateur he got to the second round, but Lily as a pro he's never been out of the first round. His corner has never been able to give him advice. He's never sat on a stool in his entire career. That's crazy. So he's gonna Lots push forward, and Tyson's just gonna go. 
and he's gonna go. I still think it's a more more. Fourteen is nothing. Just he could give fourteen one charge across the cage. Well, well, you know what you should do on this fight, guys. I uh, I kind of agree with Jacob. Don't necessarily ch- chase the KO prop bets, but Monkey Knife Fight has a daily fantasy prop game. That's called Knockout Kings. You can pick any three fighters on the entire fight card. And if one of them wins by KO or TKO, you get paid. It's that simple. Any three. You could actually double this fight up. You, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> you're the fucking worst. You're the absolute. Don't. If you guys are watching. If, if this is the first time you're watching a We Want Picks video, you stumbled upon this. I want to apologize. <laughs> Angel usually is not this stupid. Uh, yeah, I, I apologize. Usually he is much better in his breakdowns and analysis. So right. stick around. Make sure you still like the video. Subscribe if you're new okay. because he's normally not like this. Okay. Uh, yeah, thanks for that, Jacob. Appreciate it. A little disclaimer. I was trying to help you out. Because if somebody's yeah, watching this, they're going to be like, oh, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Or they can just check the record. The they uh, they record, probably uh, look the to see if this is satire, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And then you start calling for your dog. Nothing shows up, and then they figured out that Don't half of this is that time. Don't call my wife a dog. <laughs> Have her come out here. I'll tell it to her face. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's washing her hair. She Next up. different school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She goes to a different She's a model. She didn't get off the bus at the right spot today. That's not a, that's not a funny joke. <laughs> Next up at UFC... <laughs> That's an inside joke, Jake. Is being a dick. <laughs> Next up at UFC 278, we have Marcin Tybora <laughs> taking on Alexander Romanov. Marcin Tybora, 22 and 7 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five, coming off his first loss in two years. Alexander Romanov is 16 and 0, 5 and 0 in his last five, coming off the destruction of of Chase Sherman a few months ago. Marcin Tybora is also a very durable guy. Very durable guy. But he's a grinder. He never quits. He's busy everywhere. His striking is just okay. He's more of a punches in bunches kind of guy. And the strikes are really there just to set up his takedowns. If he gets a takedown, he'll pound on you till you quit. And he doesn't need to look for submissions. Tybora averages a little more than one takedown per fight but has a low 32% accuracy. Instead of clean doubles and shots, he relies on body locks and trips to get it to the ground. Alexander Romanov is a fantastic high-caliber wrestler. He's a massive human being with incredible speed and power that he uses to take you down and pound on you. His nickname is Kong, which is fitting, and he has that Brock Lesnar style. He comes charging forward with crazy power, and he's just so athletic and so fast for his size that it's hard to stop that moving train. He's coming off a pair of very dominant wins over strikers, Jared Vandera and Chase Sherman, but his fight before that was a controversial decision over wrestler Juan Espino where Romanov's holes were exposed. And when I saw this fight on paper, I saw Romanov as a minus 350 favorite. My gut was immediately hammer that because Romanov is a freight train and I just thought he was going to blow through Tybora. But if you take a second look and you look at it objectively, there are a few concerns, right? For one, Romanov hasn't really fought anyone who's anywhere near the top 20 of the division. Meanwhile, Marcin Tybora has 15 fights in the UFC, and he's fought people like Ben Rothwell, Sergei Spivak, Stefan Struve, Derek Lewis, Fabrizio Verdum, and Andrei Olovsky, and other high-level heavyweights. The second flag is when 
he fought someone he couldn't take down, like Juan Espino, Alexander Romanov got taken down four times, in fact. Four times he got taken down by Juan Espino. So if Marcin Tibora comes forward and uses his wrestling, he can have that same success and steal this win. With all of that being said, I still like Romanov to win this fight. I think he's too big, too fast, too athletic. Tybora can be lumbering, just like slowly plodding forward. I don't see those trip takedowns being needed. You know, I don't think that's how he's going to get Romanov to the ground. So I like Romanov to just blast double his way to a win here. Premium members got to see that we hammered the minus 350 line on Alexander Romanov. He's already ballooned up to minus 500. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's minus 700 by fight well, night. He's not it's worth It's minus those 385 prices. right now. What? What minus kind of ridiculous movement is that? He was minus 500 at lunch. I don't know. That's but crazy. As you mentioned, movement. I mean, you just mentioned, you said he's probably not good at those prices. I think people uh, saw that he's, him balloon up and, I think, and took uh, that board on the other side. I think minus 350 is spectacular value. Minus 380 is still good value. You can jump on that. After that, I'm not spending more than minus 400 because, you know, all the reasons I mentioned and Tybora's experience, we did place that bet early. There's some juice on it. Become a premium member. We on picks.com. Click become a member at the top. You get all of our bets early as shit, including we now just added a DraftKings fantasy optimizer for the same low price of $10 a month. What do you think, Jakey boy? Is the juice worth the squeeze, Angelo? That's what you got to ask yourself a lot of times in life. Is the juice worth the squeeze? I, I think you broke this fight down perfectly. I, I, I placed the early uh, money line bet on Romanov, but the reality of the situation is he can be beat. And, and, you, and you alluded to it, and you mentioned it, the Espino, Espino fight. Espino? Espino? Yep. yep. Espino. Yeah. I, don't, I, I think I was saying it wrong in the beginning. But yeah, the Espino fight, uh, the offensive wrestling of Espino turned that fight around and Romanov thought he was just going to come in and dominate that fight and he was getting in clip situations and Espino was just judo tossing him to the ground I mean literally picking him up and slamming him down and what you saw in that fight was Romanov really got frustrated there was a point where he got back to his feet and literally just tried to he, you could see in his face like holy shit what the fuck is going on and was just trying to blitz Espino and then getting taken down and, and tossed again and if you're Tybori you got to see that frustration and you got to put doubt in his mind. Anytime there's an undefeated fighter that has never experienced losses before, you have to put that doubt in their mind and you have to do it early. If I'm Tybora, I think I just blitz forward and try to take this dude down. I know that you could maybe dance around in the striking and try to play it safe, but I think in this matchup, you have one shot, and that is to try an offensive wrestle Romanov. And I know what might happen is you blitz in, and he's just going to take you, and he's just going to flip you and throw you down. But I think that's the best shot is try to offensive wrestle, get him on the back, get him to panic a little bit, get him frustrated, and that's when the mistakes will happen. You can capitalize on the feet when he starts pressing a little bit too much in the wrestling, in the grappling um, to flip that fight around. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. Um, he did make an appearance on the Embedded that was announced today. He showed up in Utah, I think, two weeks early to really get acclimated with the altitude. So you really love to see that. He looked like he's in fantastic shape. When I saw he him, I'm like, Shea Sherman too. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, even in Embedded today, I was like, holy shit, is that Romanov? He almost looked like a 205-er in his face. He looked like he's really slimmed down. It'd be interesting to see. I can't wait for him to take his shirt off and really see that body and really see those cut lines and see how he's developed in the pectoral 
pectorals and the abdominals. See if he's still got those cute little back dimples. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Romanov is, <laughs> Romanov is still going to be my pick in this matchup. I think he's able to get it done. But if you're type four, I think he's a lot more live than people realize. And I agree. If these if they get wide again, um, I don't blame people for taking a stab at Tybor. I wouldn't spend more than minus 400. Honestly, I, I think I, I got him at minus 350, and I was like, this is good value. I still think that's good value. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Once you start wandering, then it's like, yeah, okay, we're going to. Keep in mind, this dude was like a minus 1,800 in his last fight. Granted, different opponents, different matchups, but, you know, he's one of the biggest favorites in the history of yeah, time, if he, if literally. He, this, would, this would be one of those matchups where if he's able to just run through Tybor, it's like, okay, this guy's legit. Like, this, yeah. guy, this guy's legit. And listen, seven other people have beaten Tybora, and almost none of them, some are, but almost none of them are as talented as Romanov. So $7,200 and 9000 in DraftKings, I think Romanov is maybe worth that 9000 If you get the takedowns, you get him on top doing the King Kong bit, I think he could be worth the 9000 and and Tybora is not unfinishable. What do you think? He's not in my lineup. I just looked at him. Okay. Um, and the monkey night fight strike line, 35 to 47. I think it's a more and more. I think there is a good amount of grappling and keep in mind, this is every single strike, the pitter patter while defending takedowns. If one of them gets on top, it's every single strike. So I think it could be a more and more. I think this is over one and a half rounds. I think they go at it a little bit. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think line? that line, I think that line moved too. It's a, it's at minus 175 now for over one and a half, which I think is a respectable number. Cause I agree. I think this is uh, I think these are two talented guys and this does go and it, it could honestly be a decision. Uh, this could be a tough fight for Romanov. Yeah. We've seen Romanov in decisions before. It's not like he's just steamrolling everybody that's ever existed. So um, I like the more, more on this monkey knife fight strike line. Go to, we want picks.com slash M K. I got King Kong in the trunk. King Kong. You like that F? song? No. We on picks.com. If you hear me before you see me, I got King Kong. And- Sign up. Make your deposit. They will instantly match your deposit. Take that free money. Play some of those lines. We on picks.com slash MKF. You've been unmuted. Okay. Next up at UFC 278, we have Jose Aldo taking on Marab Devishvili. Jose Aldo 31-7. and seven. Overall, three and two in his last five, and he is riding a three-fight win streak. Marab Davishli is fourteen and four overall, five and zero oh in his last five, riding a seven-fight win streak with a total of forty-six takedowns. Isn't that nuts? It's a lot of freaking takedowns. At this point, Cowboys everyone should know nuts. exactly who Jose Aldo is. He's, in my opinion. I think he's better than Volk on the all-time list. I think Jose Aldo is the greatest 145-pound fighter of all time, at least as of now. He's a longtime champion who's good everywhere. He's got great counter-striking with technical Muay Thai, great BJJ, and very good wrestling. His leg kicks and counter-striking are a nightmare for almost everyone, but he is aging. He does have miles on him. He's much older than you read on Tapology. We've talked about that in the past. Historically, he was a leg kick machine, but he does seem to have sort of put that aside, and he's now primarily a boxer, but he's got incredible speed and timing. He's, he's got a nice three-fight win streak going on. He's got wins over Cheeto Vera, Rob Font, and Pedro Munoz. Marab is a very different matchup for Jose, though, compared to his last three opponents. He has great conditioning and is a non-stop chain wrestler with solid striking and power. 
He times his takedowns incredibly well. And even if he doesn't, it doesn't matter because there's another shot right behind it. He averages an insane 7.3 takedowns per 15 minutes. And his last loss was in 2018 to Ricky Simone, who he still took down six times. Rob's coming off a great win over Marlon Marias, who is the wish version of Jose Aldo, where he has he was 90% knocked out early. He was able to survive that. Then he got it to the ground and got his own win. Uh, I think it was more than 90. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he was on skates, but he pushed through and he was able to get it done. And this is a tough pick. This is, I think, personally, this was the toughest pick on the card for me. I went back and forth a whole bunch here. Jose Aldo is a legendary striker with legendary takedown defense. Marab is an insane wrestler whose chin can get touched. If this was a few years ago and Jose was still lighting up people's legs, I think I would instantly jump on him. But I think without the leg kicks to try to slow Marab down, I think he's just going to be defending takedown after takedown and eventually lose a decision. The problem is Jose has never really lost to a wrestler before. If we go through all of Jose's losses, which are not many, Connor beat him with that two-second punch. Matt, Max beat him with volume. Volk beat him with volume. Piotr beat him with power. Nowhere in his 27 Zufa fights, and the newer people, Zufa is WEC and UFC, nowhere in his 27 fights under those two umbrellas was there a wrestler who was able to beat him. Frankie Edgar is the only person that has ever taken Jose Aldo down more than one time. And Frankie lost that fight. I do still think Marab wins this fight, though. I think he's a different animal with his takedowns. And not that they're better than anybody else's, but he that's all he wants to do. That's all he wants to do. Father time comes for everybody. I think Marab gets it done. I think he's just going to be shooting, 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 shooting. And I don't think it's a mauling by any means. I think it's a decision with Jose just sort of stuck against the cage the whole fight. So Marab's the pick. But I will be rooting for Jose Aldo big time, and I will gladly watch Marab's lights get put out to see Jose win. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, this is one of the most, and I, I've talked about this in the past for, for some breakdowns. And um, this, I mean, Aldo being the underdog in this fight is like the most disrespectful fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. This dude might literally be one of the most complete fighters the UFC has ever seen. Literally ever seen. You you look at top to bottom. You know maybe John Jones is up there. You might look at I guess Nunez and Shevchenko as far as the females are up there. But I was actually thinking about it. I'm not like a, a UFC historian, so I don't know like the first like 20 years. But as far as like a, a, the overall most well-rounded fighter, it might be Jose Aldo at the tippy tippy top ever in the UFC. And and this is just this is just a wrestler. This is just a wrestler. This is just a wrestler. He's not, Marab is not a dynamic guy that can throw in wrestling, that can throw in striking. The guy has one play. He needs to take you down, and this dude got finished in his last fight. I know he came back and won that fight. He was finished. He was down. There was nothing more that Marlon could have done in that fight to make the ref stop that fight. He was down and out, and then just blew his load. Jesus Christ, man. I cannot believe that Aldo is a dog in this fight. He's looked fantastic. I can't believe how well late in his career he was able to make a weight change and look even better almost than he was at 145, even though he was still you know unbelievable at 145. 
But you, your mention of the leg kicks, I think, is going to be key here. I think he really, really, really needs to bring those leg kicks back, those heavy, heavy leg kicks. Bring it back early. He's got to throw those front knees, uppercuts, but he's so well-versed and has seen everything. I think he's going to be able to show the strikes that Marab is going to, when he, when he, on those entries, he's going to be showing those uppercuts. He's going to be showing those knees. He's going to be showing things straight up the middle to Marab to make him question if he's really going to want to go all in on these shots. And, and once he starts questioning, Aldo's going to be able to take advantage in the striking. If Aldo does get taken down, he can't accept guard. And I, and I don't see Aldo as being one of those guys that's just going to pull guard, throw his legs around Marab and try to work off his back. He's got to scramble, scramble, scramble to get back to his feet. Um, but if he's able to do that, man, I, I, I think if he's able to show some strikes up the middle, maybe maybe get Marab to hesitate a little bit, I think he can really take over the striking and, and, and really kind of, I don't want to say dominate this matchup because it really only takes one good takedown uh, for Marab to be able to control the position. But, you know, I'm I'm... I'm I might be biased, and I know a lot of people are saying, oh, he's old. We just saw Cruz get knocked out. We've seen a lot of these vets lately getting knocked out and finished. Um, I got to go Aldo here. Until he proves that he, he really is falling off a cliff, and he definitely has not shown that lately, I got to go Aldo. He's a better fighter. Uh, listen, I'm not going to disagree with a single thing you said. The only reason I'm picking Marab is because I think he's just going to shoot a million takedowns, hold Jose against the cage, potentially get some of those takedowns and win a decision. I, I think it's just literally that simple. I, I think, but I agree with every single thing you said. I, I started this off by saying, I think personally, Jose Aldo is the greatest 145 pounder ever. I think he's better. Look at who he beat and when he beat them versus, I mean, you know, folks beating I think people. One, I but, think in my mind, I think he's like the greatest champion, one of the greatest champions of all time. When people talk about goats, and obviously, him losing, you know, you know, a couple of fights, him extending his career past. Yeah. But if he would have just stopped, people would have considered him one of the goats. Let's put it this way: Khabib stopped, and his wins aren't that he never great. Never fought anyone. Yeah, he yeah his wins anyone. aren't that great. Jose Aldo, if he stopped, those were some some phenomenal wins. No, listen, I, I'm not going to disagree with a single thing you said. I, I'm I'm only picking Marab because. I think he can win a boring wrestling decision. It's just literally that simple. So uh, I'm not going to disagree with you. Pick your side in DraftKings. I think either one of them will score well. If Jose wins, I imagine he puts Marab's lights out. If Marab wins, he got, he, got, he got all that control time. He got those takedowns, and he will be worth the 8200 bucks. So pick your side. Do not touch this monkey knife fight strike line or go less, less. Because if Jose Aldo wins... Here's the logic for less, less. If Jose Aldo wins, he's, he's probably going to knock out Marab, same way that uh, Marlon Marias almost did, and he's not going to need 74 strikes to do it. If Marab wins, it will be with the wrestling, but Jose Aldo has phenomenal wrestling you know, takedown defense, so it's not like Marab's just going to get him down immediately and then pitter-patter his face for a whole round and then do it again and do it again. So I don't see him getting to 106 either. You agree? I do. Okay. The bet that I do have on this fight is Marab with more takedowns. And all that bet is saying is that Marab is going to have more takedowns than Jose Aldo. It's not saying he's going to have more than a certain number. It's not saying he's going to win the fight. It's just saying he's going to have more takedowns in this fight than Jose Aldo. And if they both have the same amount, which could be zero, you get a refund. I've got that bet. That bet is with Bet Online. I got it at minus six hundred, which is that is very wide. Now. Yeah, so it's already it's already moved to minus seven hundred. 
to me, it's free money or a refund. Like, Jose Aldo's not going to shoot a takedown. So he's not even going to get one. He's not going to get one. So if Marab gets one, you you're say, good. wrestle the wrestler. Yeah, I know. He's not going to do that, though. Um, so I got that at minus 600. Not great, but I hit it the, the minute it dropped. It opened at minus 600. If you're a premium member at wewantpicks.com, you would have seen that bet the minute it dropped because that's when we placed it. Go to wewantpicks.com. At the top, click become a member. You get access to all of our bets as soon as we place them, as well as exclusive fantasy content. And now we have a fantasy optimizer, a draft Kings DFS optimizer. You can build up to 150 lineups, use our insight, use your own insight, do whatever you want to do. That is included with your membership. We have added it and we have not touched the price and we will not touch that price. $10 a month and it is the best value in all of MMA. Which honestly is true. Like being genuine, I, I, might, I guess I'm always genuine, but like no uh, radio voice aside, $10 for all of that is nuts. We're just going with the Costco model. You, you give them good quality shit at a good price, they'll keep coming. We'll rely on volume instead of trying to rip oh, people off. they'll keep coming. Dude, go look at go look at some of these other. There's small people that just sell DraftKings ownership, ten bucks a month. Small people that just do a um, optimizer, ten dollars. Oh, you want my bets too? Uh, that'll be fifteen. Then there's the big companies charging seventy five. Dude, we're doing ten dollars. You get the DraftKings ownership, the optimizer, all of our bets, early bets, round content. It's it's crazy. It's gonna be the greatest, the greatest value. In MMA, and we're just going to keep adding. So whoever is a member on your account screen, you can vote for what feature you want next. You guys overwhelmingly voted for an optimizer, and Josh and I went out and got you a fucking optimizer. We want picks.com. Wow. Click. My ears are burning. Become a member. I'm trying to keep the lights on here. You see how dark it is? Next up, at UFC 278, we have the co-main event of the evening. We have Paolo Costa taking on Luke Rock code. Paolo Costa is 13 and 2 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five, and he's coming off back to back losses. Luke Rockhold is 16 and 5 overall, 2 and 3 in his last five, coming back after three years away. Paolo Costa for this weight class is a pretty massive human being with a ton of power, a ton of output, and a surprising amount of cardio for his body. He comes forward with heavy, fast punches with a relentless pace. And on average, he lands seven significant strikes per minute, which is almost double everybody else in this division. He also has very good takedown defense at 80%, which he will need to use here or might need to use because Luke Rockhold is a very good wrestler. You might disagree with my statement that he has good cardio, but I encourage you to go back and watch that Yoel fight. It's clear that Paulo Costa was dog tired, but he just continues to push forward, push that pace, and doesn't quit regardless of how heavy he may be breathing. Some of you watching this, and we talked about this a few times today, some of you watching this might be newer to MMA, and you're not going to know who Luke Rockhold is. You don't, maybe you don't recognize his name, you haven't seen a fight, you're just like, holy shit, who's that handsome guy? But the f he's the former middleweight champion of the world. He won the belt in 2015 when he destroyed Chris Weidman for it. But then he lost it in a rematch. He already beat Michael Bisping. This was a last-minute, Michael stepped up on short-notice rematch. And Luke Rahul got flatlined. That's how Michael won the belt. 
They got flatlined with an overhand. And Luke's a very talented wrestler who developed his hands, and that turned him into a kickboxer. So while he is a credentialed wrestler, his fighting style is a rangy striker. He was a part of American Kickboxing Academy at its peak when they had Daniel Cormier, Khabib, Luke, and Cain Velasquez. All of them are champions or were champions. And they almost were able to get all four of them to become champions at the exact same time. And the issue was always Cain Velasquez and his injuries. Anyway, Luke Rockhold is a very, very good fighter. At some point, though, this sport does pass you by. Luke coming back at 38 years old, at middleweight, meaning, you know, you, this is a hard weight class to be old in because people still hit hard, but they're still fast. They're still talented. It's a hard weight class to be old in. So 38 years old, coming back at middleweight, after years, three years away and injuries, it's just so tricky to do. I will say he looks absolutely amazing in his training footage and Instagram and all. Like he looks like he's in incredible shape. Relax. And I I think Luke is coming back because he loves to fight, obviously. And I, and obviously it's also how he earns a living. But coming back after three years away, all the things I just mentioned, and shooting straight to the top of the division to fight the number three guy in the world, I think it's just it's just too much after that layoff at this age. I think they should have given Luke, give him some middle of the road, like, I don't know. I don't know who they should have given him, but give him a middle of the road guy. Let him get that win, shake it all off, and then come back. So I think Paulo Costa wins this fight. Again, premium members had access to our bets nice and early. I got Paulo Costa at minus 265 a couple of weeks ago. He's sitting at 350 today. I imagine that'll come up. It may come back down after some people check out Luke Rockhold's training footage because he does look good. But uh, I I'm all on, on, on Paulo Costa. I placed that bet. I placed it early. If you were a premium member, you would have seen that bet early. You would have seen the line and potentially gotten this bet before that move. Become a premium member at weonpicks.com. Click become a member. Jakey Boy, what do you think? Uh, yeah, this is going to be like the Alexander Gustafson. I mean, you try to come back, you're a former top dude, you know, you've been knocked out, and then all of a sudden, we all know what's how this is going to play out. I mean, he even he's even grown out the beard to try to protect his chin. We saw Cody Garbrandt <laughs> try to do that. Now Luke Rockhold's got the big uh, beard. Also, TJ Dillashaw has grown a beard out to try and protect his chin. It doesn't work. Paul Acosta, I know that he is kind of a, I don't want to say he's the laughing stock, but he's kind of a... He clowns around a lot on social media. And I think a lot of people think that he doesn't really take the sport seriously because of the way that he kind of acts in times and the fact that he flat out got embarrassed by Izzy. I mean, that was an awful bad look for him. He finally got a title shot, looked completely awful, got embarrassed in that matchup. But this dude takes it serious, and he showed up this week. He looks, he says he's as lightest he's ever been coming into fight week. And they've mentioned before, leading up to fights and commentary, that nobody outworks this dude. This dude, is not, that's all he does is just train nonstop. And he mentioned the UL fight, and I'm glad he brought that up as well because I think, if anything, if Luke wants to stand with this dude, he's going to get knocked out. If he wants to try to wrestle this dude, I don't think it's going to be possible. You saw UL try to take shots. I know UL isn't really a wrestler anymore. Obviously, he was an Olympic wrestler, right? I mean, he was a high-caliber wrestler, but he never really tried to uh, use that effectively in MMA, but he still can't wrestle, and he tried to take some good shots on Costa, and Costa started his career as a very dangerous grappler. He's a very well-versed grappler. So people that think that Luke Rockhold might be able to come in and just shoot a double and take Costa down, it's not going to happen. He's going to be able to defend those takedowns. Uh, even if he's able to get him, if, he, if he's getting taken down, I think he can still scramble back to his feet. 
Um, this is just a bad matchup. I understand, you know, come back, get your payday. I'm sure he's still getting paid a lot because he was a former champion and, and this and that, but it's a cost to play all the way. I got the same minus 265 as you did, um, and, and I love that value. It's minus 350 now, and I'll, I'll ride Costa. Well, that's a weird terminology there, but. <laughs> what What is I'm, funny I'm, is I saw, I, I think I saw a tweet or something that Paulo Costa said, I am the best looking guy in MMA, and it's just an honor to fight the number three or number four guy or something like that. Because, really? I mean, Luke Rockhold's a handsome dude. He was dating, what's her name, before she turned into a, a mess. The oh. heroin addict who shaved her head and. Oh, man. Britney Spears? <laughs> no. <laughs> Close. Um, oh, man. Whatever. Famous singer. You'll uh, Whatever. I'll see the name. Avril Lavigne? No. I, hey, that is funny because that's the name that pops up in my head, and it's obviously not Avril Lavigne. It's, uh, it's a freaking Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 Poor girl. Or no. Demi, whoa. Shouldn't say girl. <laughs> yeah. Demi was. Poor. No, no. Uh, she's back. Anyway. When Demi was Demi, $8,700 for Palo Casa, I think that's incredible value in DraftKings. Incredible value. There is risk here, right? Luke Rockhold could make us all look dumb as hell. He's the former champion of the world. That's something Palo Casa couldn't do. For all we know, Luke Rockhold is working his wrestling. He is a wrestler. That's what he is. He's just got really good at striking, so he started striking. But maybe after getting knocked out a couple of times, three years away, maybe he's just going to turn into a wrestler again. I still think Paulo Costa gets it done. I think Paulo Costa wins this fight. $8,700 seems like incredible value. Minus two sixty-five dollars seems like incredible value. Will you have him in your DraftKings lineup? Yes. Okay. Uh, and that didn't sound like a confident yes, but that was more of like a hell yes. Yeah, he's definitely in the I actually do like the more and more in the Monkey Knife Fight strike line. I do not think Paulo Costa is just going to sleep Luke Rockhold in a minute. 28 strikes seems pretty low. Um, Luke Rockhold's very good. Like he's a very good fighter. I'm not trying to pretend he's not good. He's the he he should not have lost to Michael Bisping. Like that was just a, it was literally a lucky punch. That's all that was. He's had a he's, few lucky punches, hadn't he? He destroyed Chris Meidman when he was good. He's destroyed a bunch of people, but you know he's old, slower. Weaker, but he, I mean, he looks has passed him by. I mean, that's literally how I opened the, the end of this breakdown here. At some point, the sport passed you by. It was, a, it was a great, uh, that was a great, great, great line there. That's what I do, guys. We on picks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners, make a deposit, and I'll send you 50 bucks as a thank you. We on picks.com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit, cash out PayPal Venmo. I'll send you 50 bucks, however, you want it. Next up, at UFC 278, we have the main event of the evening. We have Kamaru Usman taking on Leon Edwards in a rematch. Kamaru Usman is 20-1 overall, 5-0 in his last five on a 19-fight win streak. Leon Edwards is 19-3 overall, riding a 9-fight win streak. And his last loss was in 2015 to Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman is on the fast track to becoming the best welterweight of all time. I still think it's GSP right now. A couple more fights like this, and all of a sudden, it can be him. He's an accomplished wrestler, but he doesn't need to use it. His striking is technical, and as we saw in his knockout over Masvidal, he now has some power, too. We've seen him come back after getting dropped against Burns. We've seen him out-wrestle opponents. We've seen him in wars. 
We've seen him knock people out. At this point, Kamaru is incredibly dangerous, and we aren't far off from discussing is he the best to ever do it. His lone loss was in 2013 in his second pro fight. Leon Edwards is a very well-rounded fighter who unfortunately became a household name after George Masvidal slapped him in the mouth backstage at UFC London a few years ago. He's very nice body kicks, very nice boxing, nice wrestling. He averages a little more than one takedown per fight, and he was able to take down Brian Barbarena three times, Gunnar Nelson twice, and Rafael Dos Anjos three times. He's good everywhere, and he has great cardio and solid fight IQ. He's coming off a pair of interesting fights, though. The first was the eye poke to Bilal, where he won that first round, and then an unintentional eye poke ended the fight in the second more recently, he's coming off that win over Nate Diaz, which it was supposed to be on paper. Oh, this is going to be a five-round striking match. But Nate landed 50 more strikes than Leon did. Landed 50 more strikes than Leon did. And Leon, late in that fight, was on the ropes. He was not looking too good. And if Nate poured it on, might have been able to get a finish there. And Leon worked in four takedowns because I just feel like he didn't think the striking was going his way. And I honestly do not think we need to overcomplicate this. Leon Edwards is very good, but he's not good enough. Usman already beat Leon. He already beat him with six takedowns and 11 minutes of control time. I don't even think, and you guys already ripped me for saying this, I don't even think Kamaru's going to need his wrestling in this fight. I think he can win this fight anywhere he wants to. I think Kamaru is the very clear pick for me. And as I've been saying all night, if you were a premium member, you would have seen a week ago that I put a minus 335 money line bet on Kamaru Usman. That's flexing up. It is going to continue to flex up. If you jumped on that line and he wins this fight, that line movement alone pays for, I don't know, six months, a year's worth of membership. So become a premium member. We own picks.com at the top. Click become a member. It's $10 a month. That's $2.50 a week. Don't be such a cheap bastard. Jacob, before I hand it over, Everybody who's saying Leon is going to win, not everybody, a good amount of people who are saying Leon's going to win, and Leon himself, would you like to know their logic for how he's going to win? Not, oh, Leon's faster. Leon's this. None of that. It's, and this is a quote from Leon, Kamaru Usman's body's breaking down, so now's the time to beat him. I'm going to beat him. Sick strategy, bro. Sick strategy. You're hoping the guy's knees aren't good. Why don't you tell us why you think Leon Edwards sucks? Yeah, I've been, if you guys know me and you guys have followed me on Twitter for a while, even before this fight was announced, I've been screaming from the mountaintops that Leon Edwards is the guy to be Usman. I've been saying this forever that he's the guy to be Usman. And I'll tell you, and I saw on the, uh, the embedded comments, I think it was today, someone had a great reference that this feels like when Usman fought Woodley, right? When, when Woodley was going through his reign as a champion, he was he was he, he looked fantastic. He looked I don't want to say he looked unbeatable, but he looked very very good. He had some close fights versus Stephen Thompson, much like Usman had some close fights versus Colby. But you know, as far as leading up to that fight, I don't think I think 
Ty Woodley was like a minus 250, minus 300 favorite, something like that, going into that fight. And all of a sudden, this new up-and-comer, hungry up-and-comer, beats the shit out of Tyron Woodley. Like, holy shit, who is this guy? Nobody saw it coming. This feels like the same type of situation. When I watch these guys fight, and I, I understand they fought before. I don't give a shit about their fight before. Leon Edwards couldn't defend a takedown. He got taken down. That's what happens when he can't defend takedowns. If you see his wrestling and takedown defense now, it looks it look, it looks great. Usman, when he's fought people, it's been Colby Covington. No punching power. He doesn't have to worry about the punching power of Colby Covington. And Colby touched him up a few times. Clipped him a few times. Didn't drop him anything crazy, but was able to touch him up. Okay? But he's able to work through the striking of Colby Covington because he doesn't have to worry about the big power. Right? He fights Jorge Masvidal. Same thing. Jorge Masvidal is not a, a big KO guy. Obviously, he's had some KOs and stuff, but he's more of a volume guy, right? Volume, 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 boom, 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 boom. Pillow type puncher, right? The only type of guy that he's fought with some decent power is a 155 jiu-jitsu <laughs> practitioner in Gilbert Burns who dropped him. Dropped him. And obviously he recovered. I mean, he looked like a. I mean, he looked like a champion. Recovered like a champion. Was able to recover in that matchup and, and find the knockout on his own. But I'm telling you right now that if Leon Edwards is able to touch Usman the way that Colby was, the way that Jorge was at times, especially in that first matchup on you know ten days notice, whatever it was, and the way that Gilbert was, it is going to be big, big issues for Usman. If Usman is trying to stand with this dude at this level, at this moment in Leon Edwards' career, it is going to be a big issue. You say you don't think he needs the wrestling. I guarantee the first thing that Usman does in this matchup is try to shoot a takedown, and it is going to be lay. And pray. I don't think he's going to be able to get the takedown, but I think it's going to be Usman trying to hold Leon Edwards against the cage like he did against Jorge Masvidal in that first matchup and just hold him and hold him and hold him because he knows and Leon knows that he cannot fucking strike with this dude at this moment in Leon Edwards' career. And I don't. I, I know I've gotten the memes of, oh, Nate almost knocked him out. Leon Edwards was dominating 24 minutes of that matchup, and, and, and Nate is a striker. He was dominating. No, you, he not was gonna by fifty. You're not gonna fucking interrupt. You're not gonna fucking interrupt. by fifty Nate strikes, is a striker. and he wrestled. Nate, Nate is a striker and was able to find the one punch. Gilbert is a 155 jujitsu practitioner and was able to find the same strike. So don't fucking send me the meme okay. of Nate touching Leon when a 155 jujitsu practitioner was able to find the same strike on your fucking champion. So I'm telling you right now, and I've been screaming it for months. That it's going to be an and new situation. Unless Usman just lays on him against the cage for 25 minutes. Leon Edwards is going to knock this dude out. It is going to be and new. And I can't wait. I've never... The, the, the one time that I've been so sure about this was Alger versus Piotr Young. And everyone called me a fucking clown. Everyone ragged on me the entire week leading up to that fight. I knew that Aljo was just going to backpack that dude. I know that Usman is not going to be able to get the takedowns. And he cannot strike with this dude. And he's going to try and shoot those takedowns. He's not going to be able to get him. And Leon Edwards is going to win this fight. Uh, yeah, I completely disagree. Uh, this is like when Amanda Nunes just did her rematch. And I was like, you're going to get the greatest of all time at these odds. You're stupid for not doing it. We're in that same boat, essentially. We're in that same boat. Kamaru Usman's one of the best to ever do it. And I have been a Kamaru Usman hater for a very long time. A very long time. People in the live chat, oh, he loves him because he's a wrestler. No, I've hated. Go back and watch the breakdowns. I've been picked against them a few times. I'm not, I have not been, his whole cringe, he's very cringy. Very cringy. 
Not a fan of the personality. But I, you know, I think I think Leon Edwards is overrated as hell. Overrated as hell, man. Dude, the Nate fight, you say he dominated Nate Diaz. He was literally outstruck by 50 strikes. Outstruck by 50 strikes, and he got four takedowns, which means he spent a good amount of time in the fight on top and still somehow managed to get punched in the face 50 more times than he hit Nate. That's what Nate And does. Nate Nate's had him on ice skates. Nate's going to outstrike most people. That's what he does. He's just boom, 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 boom. Even I, when he's I, backing up, it's boom, 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 boom. That's if the Usman beauty. tries to stand and throws that little short, sharp jab, it's going to be big. I, I guarantee that Usman is diving for leg. I guarantee Usman is diving for I can't for wait to hear your excuse. Matchup. Oh, well, he wrestled. Well, cool excuse. Listen. I literally said he, he can win by laying and praying for 25 minutes. If he tries to stand with this dude, he's going to get knocked the fuck out. If well, the, the the biggest thing, you love Bilal. I mean, you're dude. You love Bilal Muhammad. Leon Edwards was before that eye poke was absolutely destroying Bilal yeah. Muhammad. I'm not saying Bilal Muhammad and is I don't on love the level Bilal of Muhammad. Muhammad. I just recognize that Vicente Luque can't defend the takedown. But I, I, but Leon Edwards was going to put on a fucking clinic against Bilal Muhammad, um, and that's like the next dude that everyone just absolutely loves as a wrestler and whatever. So I'm just saying, Bilal Muhammad I've been screaming that for a year. in this matchup, absolutely. By, listen, I, that's the beauty of this sport. We will find out exactly what happens in just a couple of days. That's the beauty of this sport. Hopefully, no freak body part breaks and we get to see the whole fight. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to spend the 9,100 or the 7,100. I will spend the 9,100. Uh, I already told you about my bet, minus 335. That's ballooned up. It'll continue to balloon up. Premium members, whether you agree with my pick or not, whether you agree with my bet or not, the logic remains Jacob and I place our bets, our actual bets, not, not fake bets, not ideas. Oh, this could be good. That could be our actual bets that we place. They are available to premium members the day that we place them. And we are ahead of most of these curves. Hold on. Monkey Knife Ice Strike Land, 109 to 64. What do you think? Uh, just to put, uh, we're talking about the bets. I, I always put my money where my mouth is. I have uh, money line bets on Leon at plus 315. And I have inside the distance decisional action as well on Leon Edwards. And they're both going to hit. Inside the distance, this is no actions. Probably decent play there because Leon's tough. I, 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 like everybody always goes to an extreme. Like you can't pick one fighter to win without everybody accusing you of hating the. Like Leon Edwards is a very good fighter, and if you listen to my break, I mean, literally, every, you know. I, the hate I'm gonna get this week is nothing compared to the hate I got for Aljo. Everyone, oh, there's no Aljo's got no hit. chance. Dude, it's it's you literally the no exact chance. opposite. You got no chance. You got no chance. Aljo's got no chance. And I fucking nailed that pick. Dude, it's literally the exact opposite. Leon Edwards is the trendy underdog pick. The comment section is yelling at me, not you, because that's what people do. So we'll see what happens. This feels very similar to the Joel Alvarez bullshit. We have a two dollar super chat from Jayway. Jacob, my man. Clap, arm flex, arm flex. Thank you, J-Way. Jacob sucks, but thank you. Any parting words for the people? Uh, oh, wait, you didn't, sorry, you didn't answer the monkey knife I strike line. Don't give a fuck. Uh, tune in Thursday. We're going to go live. Uh, no bra- eyebrow Thursday. I will be live. We're going to open up cards. So we'll, we'll break down the fights. It'll be like the Saturday live stream for the first hour, and then we'll open up some cards. It'll be a lot of fun. I got a second camera, so if you were tuned in last Thursday... Um, it'll be a lot better this time. It'll be actually some production value and tune in Thursday because I don't think I'm gonna go live Saturday for the fights. Cause it's 
Yeah, because it's a pay per view. You're going to come over here. I get it. Right. I might. And go lock of the week Saturday. video tomorrow. I don't know who the lock of the week is yet. I know I did a lot of Leon Edwards stuff here, but there's we got a lot of underdogs that are, not a lot of them, but there's a there's a few that I like. So tune in tomorrow for the lock of the week video. Um, no eyebrows Thursday, and uh, can't wait to make our money back from last week. I, I feel good about this card. We're pretty aligned. I know we kind of argued that last fight, but we're pretty aligned for this card, and uh, I feel good about it. I mean, that's that's literally what makes this sport so fun. Right, fucking getting so mad at you, well, and then watching it in real for life your, for your doctor. Your cardiologist doesn't like it, but anyway, guys, do all the things. We want picks.com to become a premium member. I know you've heard us push that over and over. The reality is, it is only ten dollars, and I am dead set on making it the best ten dollar value in MMA. Dead set on it. I have looked at what other people offer. Nobody offers what we offer for $10. Literally nobody. Everybody's got pricing tiers and catches and caveats. Not here. It's 10 bucks, and we're just going to continue to add to it and make it the best product offering in the history of $10. If you want $50 free dollars, that's five months of membership, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners. Make a deposit. I'll send you 50 bucks. Join our Discord. That's 100% free. Just join the Discord. Share your thoughts. Yak it up with everybody. Like the stream. Do all those things. And before we go, MMA fan. who And like uh, is the stream one, too real quick. If you guys don't mind, please. If you just like the stream real quick, we'd appreciate that. MMA fan has been trashing me in the comments. Oh, Kamaru having good striking is the worst take I've heard. But thank you for the $2, and I 100% agree with you here. Cadenas and Silva losing made zero sense. It did not make you know sense. The thing that they, yeah, you know the thing they mentioned a few times, but I think really affected a lot of fighters in that matchup was I, apparently that arena was, was like hot as, as yeah. hell. And I think uh, – and Loopy posted something – fucking Loopy. She was like, I, I, don't, I don't regret taking short – there was a quote today that came out. It was like, it wasn't I don't regret taking fight. short notice, but you know, next time I hope to have a full camp. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You got, you got, she yeah. got she got that takedown so easily and, and Angela threatened like this little baby guillotine and then she was like oh my god I, I, I shouldn't shoot another takedown like that takedown she got was she, she was like whoop took her down and, and she like grabbed her neck a little bit fucking loopy man I agree I, listen I, I'm with you adios people thank you for hanging out do all the things and we'll see you later this week for even more content